welcome to Thursday night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. We are going to have a really fun night tonight. I've been having a blast all week long preparing for this show, and we have some surprises for you. I want to give you the number real quick if you would like to call in and read tonight. It is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. If you're interested in putting together a writing workshop with us, please shoot me a message. The easiest way would be on Facebook. If you're not on my contacts list, it is under Nyla, N-Y-L-A, last name Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. Shoot me a message and let me know what you want put together, and we'll get that set up. Your workshops can be anywhere from 30 minutes to three hours long. Just start off and go till you're done. We can pre-record these, which means you can sit on your computer at home with your headset and pre-record a workshop and send me the MP3 file. We can do a conference call. I can set up a conference call with you and maybe interview you a little bit at the beginning and talk about what you're going to put together, you know, maybe the book you've written, and maybe you're going to talk about the process of what it was like publishing the book or whatever, or choosing the poems for it. So... Yeah, just figure out what you want to do. We can pre-record it that way, and as a conference call, we can do a combination of both. So say we pre-recorded the beginning of it, and um, we played that at the start of the show. Then we could come on live and answer any questions and talk to the listeners and things like that. So just figure out what you want to do. You don't have to be a professional workshop provider in order to do one of those. We are not, um, you know, that posh, I guess. I'm trying to learn how to speak UK, so I'm practicing my my. Uh, UK Onian speak language, um, which is where posh comes from. You know how, how easily I threw that out there. <laughs> okay, so anyway, um, you don't have to be a professional workshop provider in order to put one of these on. I believe that we all have something to teach and we all have something to learn, no matter where we are in our writing careers or hobbies or life quests or whatever it is, however it is we look at it. Okay, so pick a poetry form you want to talk about or your favorite era of poetry. Maybe you want to actually do a workshop where you walk people through the steps on writing an actual poem. Whatever you want to do, we'll get that set up. Alrighty. And then I want to take a moment and thank our sponsors for our 2021 broadcasting license, those people who stepped up to the plate and helped us cover the cost of that license. And that really means a lot to me. I mean, we've been doing this for 14 years now. And maybe eight years ago, uh, one sapien jumped in and helped me with the licensing licensing costs that year. And ever since then, it's just been growing where you guys have really taken ownership, I guess, of this community that you have created. You know, and I say it all the time, and you guys say, no, 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 but it's true. I'm I'm here to answer the phones. You guys aren't here to hear me talk, except for I get the first 20 minutes of the show. <laughs> um, you know, it's, this is about you guys. This is a community that you have built. It's drama-free. It's been going on forever. We never have any bullshit here. You know, and that's because of you guys. That's because of what you have created, and I am so proud of you. And so when I sit here and I look at this list of people who donated dollars, 
to help keep us on the air for 2021. It just really touches my heart, and I want to thank them on behalf of all of us, you know, the listeners, the readers, me, everybody. So our 2021 sponsors are Melvin Douglas Johnson, Todd Carter, Vicki Aqua, Sean and Maddie Gullickson, Audrey Michelle, George Wiley, Bart Solarchek, Brad and Darling Kuhn, Uma Ponchapalli, Christy Doherty, Douglas Curry, <laughs> Eric Sheldman, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Gina Storm, Raymond Bentley, John Kays, Paula Sweet, Timothy S.S.M. Melton, Ronald P. Bremner, Kevin Kraft, Honey Parker, Karen DeWitt, Larry Teal, Robert Mickey, Jade Mist, Rose Rosen, Christopher Ryan, Trina Pierce, uh, Dennis Must, and Barbara Cope Wilson. We also had anonymous donations in the name of Cherry Rose, Ray Neighbor, Charles C.B. Banks, Glenn Still, Rick Smith, and uh, just want to thank those for remembering the people who are have left us but are never really gone. So seriously, you guys, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much, all of you. It was definitely a group effort this year getting there, and so many of you just blew me away. You know, with with the messages you sent me, with the funds that you donated, with the support that was shown, you're incredible. And I thank you guys so much. So on behalf of all of us, big hugs. We've got kind of a, a big, big um, surprise coming up for most of our, for our, for all of our sponsors. I'm going to be posting that soon. So thank you guys. All right. The next thing I'm going to do: have your journals, your pens, your papers, all that good stuff ready because it is time for inspiration from the inkwell. So if you're ever sitting there one night and you can't figure out what to write about, it doesn't matter. Just tune into our archive shows and do our podcast listen to the first 15 minutes and you will have some writing assignments and be off and running all right so your journal assignments and and all that stuff we're going to be going through those remember that it's really important to do these you know it's just we'll get into that in a minute anyway we're going to start off with your journal assignment all right so everyone should have their notebook out Journal assignments, the journal assignments are kind of like one-on-one, just so you know, they're kind of like one-on-one yoga pants time with your brain and your muses. You know, it's not meant for popular consumption. It's where you explore and scribble and cross out and rewrite and print gibberish and, you know, just generally make messy with your muses. It's a place where you give yourself permission to write freely. And when you do that, that's where all the magic begins. So what we have been working on for our journal assignment is exploring working on, on, on exploring observations, making observation lists. All right. These are things that jump out and grab your attention. You're walking through the day and it just jumps out and grabs your attention. And these things, remember this for this you have to have you need to have your notebook on. You should have a little notebook, a small pocket one at least, on you all the time. All right. It's important. You do so much to do your adulting stuff every single day. You know, you need to make sure that you have a way to feed that creative side of you as well. Vitally important. So we're working on observation lists, exploring the sources of our inspiration, if you will, you know, things that that reach out and unexpectedly catch our attention. And no matter where you are or what you're doing, you should always pay attention 
to those things that call out to you, you know, be it a sound, a smell, a color, something visual, a feeling you get in a place. When that happens, you have to take a moment and just stop and ask yourself why. Explore the attraction. Explore the source. Because it's in these things that you will find your own unique brand of inspiration. And it's these things that will feed you. you know, I, I used the example last week where you know string instruments, violin, especially violin or cello, especially violin or cello, um, I hear that and it's like it, it does something to the inside of me. I can't even explain it, but it's different. You know, so if I sit down to write, I can put on cello music, and I know that's going to feed that creative side to me. I know that cello music speaks to me. So I can do things to help feed my inspiration if I pay attention to things it likes to eat. All right, so that's inspirations or observations are really important. So this last week, I had you write down everything that you saw that was the color blue. So you should have a list of everything you saw during the week that was the color blue. So this week, I want you to free write, and you can write a poem if you want, a short story, just ramble, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Okay, remember, this is a journal assignment. Nobody ever sees this but you. You know, in, in doing this, I really don't want you to sit down and write a poem because you can do that later. That can come later. Right now, you should just be rambling to yourself. Okay, um, it gives you permission to sit down and write something besides a poem. And you know, we put too much pressure on ourselves, I think, as poets. We are poets. Oh, we're so po- We're sitting by the window in the middle of the night with a candle and a glass of wine, and we're waiting for our muse to fly through and grab us by the short hairs and just drag us along. And oh my God, I wrote that poem and I just don't even know where it came from. It was like, oh, it's just speaking through me. You know, yeah, whatever. No, you need to go out and find your muse. So anyway. <laughs> Just give yourself permission to sit down and write something besides a poem every time you sit down and write. We are not just a poet. You are a writer. Poetry is your venue that your pen loves best, but you are more than just a poet. So write a story, whatever, and I want you to use the list that you made last week of everything that was the color blue, and I want you to describe people or places or times in your life where you felt total peace. Using the things on your list, your observations of them, attach them in some way that describes the person, the feeling, or the place, the mood, the sound, the atmosphere, energy, ambiance, the emotion. Use them to help us make us feel the same things that you felt. All right, so again, use the list of everything you saw that was blue and write about and describe people, places, and times in your life where you felt total peace. All right, so this week, I want you to make a list of everything that is hard. I'm not talking about things that are hard to do, but hard to the senses. Everything that is hard. And this can really be open for one's personal interpretation, like concrete can be hard, an expression can be hard, a touch, a sound, a word can be hard, you know, the slamming door, the final word someone says, a, a, a brick wall, write down everything you perceive as being hard. And remember, 
any additional notes you write down or observations you make about the thing that you're writing on your list will only help you later on. Something like, okay, for example, this. Let's take the brick wall. Observations. Um, old, faded, chippy paint ice cream advertisement from the turn of the century painted high up on the corner of the building, partly covered by a Planned Parenthood sign in the shadow of a new high-rise low-income apartment building. Um, the historic plaque, plaque partly hidden by a metal newspaper dispenser. Um, maybe loose mortar in places with extinguished cigarette butts sticking out of it. A dumpster in front of it with the word snacks written in graffiti spray paint. You know, new bricks covering where windows used to be. All these things that you can write down. All the observations you make about the thing that that attracts your attention, everything you find that's hard, are things that you can go back later when you're piecing together your writing and you have a whole list of different imagery that goes with that that you can use to paint the exact picture you're trying to paint for your reader. Okay? So the more you write down, the more observations you write down, the stronger it's going to be for you as a tool when you go back to write. All right. So... You know, it's, it's kind of funny. If you think, I'm, I'm looking at that thing about everything that I wrote or I said about the, um, the brick wall. And it, when you do that, if you were to go back and look at everything that I put together for a brick wall or everything you put together for something, if you write down every single observation you can find, if you think about the relationship to each other, the things that I just rattled off, and the contradictions to each other, all of that in itself is a poem waiting to be written. You know, think about the difference in the era between the faded ice cream sign and the new Planned Parenthood sign. You know, that, that in itself is a great example of something that you could use to describe different time frames in a poem, different eras, different morals, that type of thing. That kind of gives me some food for thought, but we'll get into that later. All right, so next week I want you to write down... Actually, next week I will. Next week I'm going to give you the topic you're going to be writing to. All right, using the things that you observe that are hard, and again, not hard as in hard to do, but as in the opposite of soft. And then next week I will give the topic you'll be writing to, to all of the things that you observe. I can't do it beforehand because then you'll have a preconceived notion, and that will change the way you write things. All right, so that's it for your journal assignment for the week. Next, I'm going to give you your writing exercise. A writing exercise is different than a prompt or your, excuse me, your journal assignment. Your journal assignment, as I said, was yoga. Yoga pants time with your brain. A writing exercise is exactly as it sounds. It's supposed to push you out of your comfort zone. It's supposed to make you sweat a little. It's supposed to make you uncomfortable. It's supposed to make those brain muscles burn. You know, write, write about things you normally wouldn't write about or in a way that you normally wouldn't write about them. Do things that you've never just explored step out of your comfort zone because that is the only place you're going to grow. All right. So your writing exercise, we were doing two of them, but I've combined them into one, and I just think it makes more sense doing it this way because I really want to stress the importance of knowing that what we do with a prompt before we write to it is far more important than what we actually write to it. This exercise will help us get away from writing the typical 
writing, writing the typical, writing the common poem, and instead find inside everything that is everything that is undiscovered inside of a prompt. You know, the different angles, the unexpected twists, uh, you know, the the blow you away perspectives that most writers fail to discover because they're too fast to chase to their first knee-jerk reaction response to inspiration. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, it's too easy for us to do that. I want you to take a prompt and I want you to milk it until the cream rises to the top because that's where you're going to find what's worth exploring and writing. <coughs> if you can't tell, yes, I've got a spring cold. Hang on, I need to get water. And that was fun. I could have always shown a tape on real quick, but we don't always do it pretty here, but we always do it, right? So thank you for bearing with me on that. All right, so what I'm going to give you is I'm going to give you your list of poetry prompts now. And then I will go over the pick apart a prompt portion of this writing exercise afterwards. So have your journals and pens ready. And remember, prompts, they're like seeds planted. They're meant to grow into poems. Now, the prompt can be the title of the poem. It can be a line in the poem or the general concept of the poem. But beyond these guidelines, what you do with it is up to you. Number your paper 1 through 12. I'll run through these quickly. Number 1, drowning in air. Drowning in air. Number 2, break free of gravity. Break free of gravity. Number 3, root bound. Root bound. Number 4, Thoughts captured for you. Thoughts captured for you. Number five, the beggar's cane. The beggar's cane. Number six, shift of desert tides. Shift of desert tides. Number seven, mad moon. And that's with a hyphen. Or no, mood, moon mad. The. Moon hyphen mad. So one is, you know, like moon mad. Number seven. Number eight. Half assembled pieces. Half assembled pieces. Number nine. Three ravens on a branch. Three ravens on a branch. Number ten. Last crumbs of the feast. Last crumbs of the feast. And number eleven. Gossip of old hens, gossip of old hens, and 12, putting on Emily's clothes, putting on Emily's clothes. Now remember, you can write one poem per prompt. You can mix and match them and use, use prompt 10 with 4 and jump down to 6 and use those all in one poem. You can get real froggy, and you can write one poem using all 12 prompts. Just have fun with those. Now... For your pick apart a prompt exercise portion of this, before you write to any of these, I want you to explore them. I don't want you to follow your first instant reaction to the poem, your first bit of inspiration. I want you to start writing on that. I want you to stop 
and take a breath and poke it with a stick for a few minutes. So take the first prompt and write it at the top of your page. Then I want you to make a list of six different poems you could write to that prompt. What six different directions could you take that prompt? What different things could you turn it into, have it be the voice of or the shadow of or a metaphor for? All right. And then you have a, a, six, a list of six different types of poems you can write to that. One of those is going to be very cool and unique and different. It's not going to be the typical poem. So when you're done with that, write down the second prompt. And then six different poems you could write to the second. And then the third. Go all the way down for all 12. Write down six different poems you could write to each prompt. Doing this... Physically doing this on paper, pen, hand, and, and writing it out, it's training. Your brain has muscle memory like anything else, and you're training your brain to think a certain way when you do this. Pretty soon, you won't have to make a list anymore. Your brain will automatically do it. You'll see a prompt in front of you, and all of a sudden, it's going to be like a slideshow pew, 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 going past of all these different ideas you have that one prompt. All right. But you have to start it somewhere. You have to get yourself thinking in that direction. Think beyond the typical. Write the poem that no one else is going to write or no one else looks deep enough to find. All right? Okay. Once again, I'm going to run through them super fast. These are your 12 prompts for this week. One, drowning in air. Two, breaking free of gra- break free of gravity. Three, root bound. Four, thoughts captured for you. Five, the baker's cane. Six, Desert or shift, shift of desert, desert tides. Seven, moon mad. Eight, half assembled pieces. Nine, three ravens on a branch. Ten, last crumbs of the feast. Eleven, gossip of old hens. And twelve, putting on Emily's clothes. There you go. Now, remember, we have been focusing on reading, reading, reading. If you are not reading more than you're writing, you're doing it backwards. You have to have input in order to have output. Also, get out. Do, do something fun. Do something you've never been before. You have to live life in order to write about life. Okay? Then the two activities we've been focusing on for the year is first, learn one new poetry form every month. You know, Google poetry forms and print out a list and just start going down the list and crossing them out. Learn one new poetry form every single month. And even if you don't like writing, you know, I'm a free verse writer, and so writing in form was really hard for me. And I this challenge I did it you know that was my New Year's thing one year was to do two new poetry forms a month for 12 months and I I had a challenge with them because to me I had to count things and counting is math and I hate math I'm a words girl I like letters until I realized and looked shift my perspective and realized that it wasn't a numbers game it was a words game it was a word puzzle you know, getting words to fit into that form. And so I had a, just that one change of perspective really changed how I look at writing form poetry, and I had a blast with it. You know, so every time you learn something new, you're becoming more powerful. You're becoming a better writer. Even if you never write one again, if you run, write one haiku in your entire, well, that's, we can't use that as an example because you write one every day. Um, but you know what I mean. Okay. 
The second thing we've been focusing on is writing a haiku every day. Every day, find something worth 17 syllables. Go out in your day, because remember, you have your notebooks and pads with you, right? A little, little scratch tablet, whatever. As you're walking through your day, find something worth 17 syllables. We all have these little pick, these poetic hiccups that come up in our head while we're going throughout our day. And I think, oh, we'll remember it later, but we never do. Take two seconds out of your day. Think about how much of your day is wasted on bullshit. You've got two seconds to stop long enough to write that down on paper. I don't care what you're doing. You have two seconds. You can do that. Whip that notebook out. Write it down. Done. And I don't care if it's only 15 syllables. Just get the idea on paper, and you can always go back and write out the other syllables. Take them or remove them or do whatever you have to do to turn it into a haiku later. Just get them written down every single day, at least one. The key to writing, key to being a writer is to write. Writer's block does not exist. It's an urban legend. It's like the boogeyman. It can't hurt you if you don't believe in it. And the way that you keep that away is to realize that every single time you sit down, you do not have to write a poem. You just have to write, period. There is no such thing as writer's block. because all you have to do is write. And this will really help keep that side of you nurtured, keep those those cogs oiled, keep you moving smoothly, keeping that non-existent thing that we don't speak of away. <laughs> all right? So there you have it, you guys. That's your inspiration from the Inkwell for the week. If you missed any of that, you can go back after the show. It will be in the podcast in our archives, and you can start it and stop it and write these down at your leisure. Also, I have a on my Facebook page. I have a photo album that has all the weeks from all the or all the prompts from all the weeks. If you want to go check that out and uh, grab them off of there, they will be there as well. All right, next, I am going to play an audio track. We always start and end every episode with a track from one of you poets. So if you have one and you would like to send it to me and have it played on the air, you can mail that to me to the speakeasy cafe at gmail.com. The word the is in the email title, T-H-E, the speakeasy cafe at gmail.com. Make sure you put audio track or something along those lines in the subject line for me. I'll get them uploaded to the show's library and we will play them for the world. The track that I'm going to start the show off with, and I haven't heard this one in a long time, I really love it, it's Love Sick, and this is by Patrick S. Here we go. Crazy in love? Crazy in love? No. No? Because people throw around the word crazy too lightly. It doesn't mean enough. And people throw around the word love too lightly. It means too many things. We are past crazy, and in a love that needs its own specialized clinical term. We are psychotic for each other. We are paranoid about losing each other. We are schizophrenic about making each other happy. We are paranoid schizophrenic about not being there to make each other happy. We are narcissistic at our reflections in each other's eyes. We are obsessive when we are apart. We are compulsive to be together. We are obsessive compulsive Whenever we think of each other, every waking hour, we have Tourette's Syndrome. I love you! We are codependent. That one might be literal. 
We are claustrophobic when walls come between us. We have road rage when roads come between us. We are sociopathic when society comes between us. We are arachnophobic when spiders come between us. We are herpetophobic when snakes come between us. We are cholerophobic when circus clowns come between us. We are homophobic when... No. Actually, we share the same agenda. We have numerous, highly specific paraphilias, such as your fingertips, my shoulders, the way you pronounce the letter P, and so on. We induce in each other acute psychogenic signs of distress, including cardiac arrhythmia, hypertension, tachycardia, apnea, asthma, panting, paresthesia, kicks, rapid eye movement, inappropriate sexual arousal, appropriate sexual arousal, very appropriate sexual arousal, very appropriate, very important sexual arousal. Where was I? We have retrograde amnesia. We can't remember how we even lived before we met. We have interrograde amnesia. We can't remember why we feel so satisfied or where our pants are. We have false memory syndrome. We think and act like we've known each other all our lives. We have dyslexia. We keep seeing you and I together. The Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, Edition 4, is all the love poetry we'll ever need by other people. And as for our own, Tourette's, Glossolalia, Repetitive Speech, Indiscretion, Somniloquy, Repetitive Speech, Repetitive Speech. Repetitive Speech, but that doesn't mean we're crazy. Crazy is simply not the word. The word has not yet been written. So you and me, we are going to be a special supplement to the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, Edition 5. There you go. That was Patrick S. with Love Sick. Remember, if you'd like to have your track played on the air, you can email those to me at thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. All right. Now, what comes next? If you would like to call in, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. If you are on hold, this is what you can expect tonight. We do take callers in the order that you call in, such as area code 731 is our first caller tonight so listen for your telephone area code when i bring you on please make sure that you introduce yourself i cannot tell you how important that is first of all you want people to know who's reading you don't want them pming me who is this who is this who is this and distracting me so i'm not listening to you and you want your name attached to your work. You never want to send your work out there into the world without your name attached to it. So please remember to introduce yourself when you call in. Once I unmute you and you introduce yourself, you can read two poems tonight. Uh, let me look at the lines. 
two normal length poems, and if it looks like things get too busy, then we're going to change that back to just one. If that happens on your term or your turn, please forgive me. Uh, but right now it looks like you're good at reading too. Please keep your poems right around the five-minute mark. Be courteous to the other people waiting behind you. Alrighty. When you're done reading, be sure to give out your URL. It's really important that people know how to come find you and get to know you and your work better to start that uh, social networking community uh, that supports you, who is inspired by you, and who inspires you. All right, so make sure that you have that URL out there. And then please remember that we have a mature rating. That means just about anything goes with the exception of hardcore erotica. No bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B. Other than that, you're good to go. You know where that line is on the envelope? You guys, I know you guys know. I'm not your mama. I'm not going to, you know, so just don't push that. I'm going to go ahead and give our first three callers so you know where we're at. But before we do, I need to let area code... 972, know that you are not in the lineup. So 972, if you want to come on the air, press 1, and that will alert me that it's okay to unmute you. If you're here just listening, thank you for being here. We appreciate you. And if you change your mind at any time and would like to come on, you can press 1 at any time, and that is 972. So 972, press 1 if you want to come on. Just hang out and listen if you'd like to listen. Our first three callers will be from 731, followed by 615, and then 503. Let's go ahead and grab 731. 731, are you with me? Yes, Nala. This is Michael Todd calling in from West Tennessee. How are you this fine afternoon? I am doing absolutely well, Michael Todd from Tennessee. It is very good to hear from you, sir. Thank you. I have a haiku for you. Here's my haiku. Larry and April from Lands of Tremors. Oceans, send them both our way. <laughs> okay, so would you like me to grab them for you? Please do. All right. So uh, I'm real excited. We have um, Michael has brought some special guests on tonight who are going to do a collab poem. And I'm going to let Michael introduce them, and then we will go from there. Great. Larry, are you there? Oops, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, we have April, now we have Larry. Okay. Hello? Larry, are you there? Hello. Yes, hi there, hi April. Okay, Nala. Fantastic. Nala, now that you have my friends there, you know what time it is for me? It's time for me to step aside and make room for the real poets. I'm going to go listen to the show. Love y'all. Bye. Love y'all too. You guys, you guys know that I have been trying for, I don't know what, 14 years to break him from the habit of saying that, make room for the real poets. I have never been able to do it. That's, that's one stubborn man, I'm telling you. Larry, April, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you guys here. Thank um, you for having us. Very nice to be here. So I'm going to let you guys, you can decide who goes first, but I want to let you guys kind of introduce yourself to everybody real quick and tell them a little bit about you and then what you're going to do tonight. Um, okay, I'm going to let Larry go first. What? Brat? What? Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even get the Rochambeau for it? Nothing? Uh, something's going on with my computer, so um, I need I need a moment. So if you want to go first, that would be great. 
Okay. No problem. So, Larry, introduce yourself. Tell everyone a little bit about you. Um, okay. Hi, I'm Larry. I write a lot, and I surf, and um, I fish, and I do a whole bunch of stuff. And, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, ran uh, Alabaster and Mercury for years and years, and know most of you here in the in the queue, I think. And Word Machine is, dude, it's good to see you in here. I haven't seen you in a long time. Sorry, didn't mean to do that. <laughs> I know, right? Isn't it awesome to have? He's been, you know, coming around for uh, a couple months now. He's been back and, on the scene. It's good to see him, him and Missy. And, and Todd told me specifically um, when he said that he was going to make way for the real poets to ask you about the frozen pizza incidences. The what? I, I was, the frozen pizza incidences. So I, I was told to ask you about those. <laughs> a girl has to have some secrets now. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, I'm completely innocent in this. I have no idea what's going on. I was just told to ask, and I, he said <laughs> to press you until you actually, you know, talked about the the, the frozen pizza incidences. <laughs> There's only one person I know more stubborn than Michael. <laughs> and who's that, you? Me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really good to have you here, Larry. I know that, that Michael has um, was real excited when he approached me last week and told me that he was getting this set up for you in April to come on, and I was I was just thrilled as well. You know, you send, I've known you guys forever, and you send you, you know, invites all the time, you know, to, to come visit, and, and I know people are busy and the stuff they're doing, and they're not just sitting around, you know, all day long, or all week long, even though they should be for the show to come on. Um, you know, when when somebody that I really respect and admire, you know, we, we finally get them on the air and get them reading and I get to share them with the world, it's really cool for me. So I really am glad you that this is awesome. No problem. I, I, honestly, I, I didn't um, – if you've actually sent me invites to come, I, I would have been happy to do it. I, I'm not a – I, I would have been happy to do it. So I, that sounds to me like just a misunderstanding because, honestly, I, I'm happy to be here. I, I was really stoked when, uh, well, Todd <laughs> used a little bit of chicanery to get me on here because then he said that April wouldn't be on if I didn't come on. But, but still, I, I, you know, I, I love actually being you know, still connected to the old MySpace days and, Mm-hmm. Uh, and Block Talk Radio, which I, I still really uh, very much enjoy. But, no, thank you very much for having me on and um, having me read. I, I, I'm i stoked to be here. So, um, you know, I, I if you want me in the future, just, you know, drop me a line. You don't have to have Mike come <laughs> yeah, up with you guys, some kind you guys of have been family here, even though you don't really, really – I guess you don't realize that. But you, I mean, you're you're part of this amazing – writing community that I have been a part of and, and know so well for so many years that, you know, just because you're not here on the show, you're still part of this family. But now that you are on the show and you're part of this family, you know, now, now there's, now there's expectations of you. Oh no. <laughs> Yikes. You, now, now I'm really going to notice if you don't come home for dinner once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hi, April. Hi, Nyla. You're so sweet. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so tickled to have you here, honey. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I guess that's a loaded question. 
Um, I'm a poet, and um, I'm not working at the moment thanks to COVID, but it's actually been very good for me. I've been able to focus on myself and, you know, getting healthy and um, writing a little bit here and there and spending time with friends um, at a distance, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am working on a new anthology, the Edgar Allan Poet Number 4, and I'm still waiting for Larry's submission, but I won't hold my breath for that one. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like being called out in front of the whole world, right, Larry? What <laughs> <laughs> um, But, you know, I did have the pleasure of uh, publishing your work, Nyla, in an anthology a few years ago. So, um, you know, thanks again so much for having me on. That's just very exciting. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely my pleasure. And the same thing goes ditto for you. You know, your family, this is your home. Come and read anytime, please. I will make more of a habit of that. <laughs> awesome. So are you guys going to read the cheese poem tonight? I had to ask. <laughs> That's, yeah, if, you can, if you can pry Larry away from the, the wedge that he's gnawing on right now. <laughs> oh, Seriously? Seriously. <laughs> I give him a hard time. Well, you do get to read two poems tonight. So if you read two poems together, that counts as your two poems. Ah. Oh, we don't have a poem together, I don't think. Oh, you're so you can read a separate one. So what's the cheese? What's the deal with the cheese? What's the story with the cheese? I make <laughs> something called dangerously cheesy pasta, DCP to those on the inn. And, yes, I'm a cheese addict. I, I will admit it. I'm, I am Larry. I'm a cheese addict. Um, but cheese is what makes the world go round. So I, she, I just, there is no cheese poem. It's just this ongoing joke that little So there really is about. no poem titled Ode to Cheese? No, there's <laughs> not. Uh, she, she, Do you want to know? Just, I'm in the seat right beside you, and when I thought that there was – a poem written Ode to Cheese. You guys have no idea how excited it was. I was serious. I was so excited. It's like, I have to hear this Ode to Cheese. And now, Larry, you've given <laughs> yourself homework. Oh, dear God. Yes. Oh, dear well, God's I, right. You need I to write would. the poem Ode to Cheese. That, that poem has to exist. 100%. And you have to read it here. <laughs> okay. I'll okay. write Ode to Cheese. And it'll have, <laughs> it'll have April listed throughout. <laughs> oh, great. Okay, so why don't you go ahead and share what you guys are going to share, to share tonight. Okay. Um, well, I thought a lot about um, what um, what I wanted to share tonight. And um, since most of my stuff is horribly depressing, um, I thought I would um, read a couple that were things that I think are really more uplifting I guess as I get older, I start thinking about how much time I spent being depressed about everything in the world and writing about it instead of writing about what I love. So um, if you want me to share one now, do you, you want me to just read two, or do you want me to read one and let her read one? How would you like me to do this, Nyla? You can go ahead and read your two, and then when you're done, make sure you say end poem so I know and don't interrupt you. Yes, ma'am. I will. Okay. 
Uh, <clears throat> oh, wow. Nervous after all these years. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> this is called impressions. Whereupon the lingering of your suddenly head settled is bruised as still singing, which into my carelessly beating sprang fountains unspeakable as flowers, upturned in their very topaz hungry faces, and lavished by a momentary touch into your incautiously awakening, frail upon my constantly lips, your saffron sordidly imagining become fleshly, forgotten as translucent heaven, and alabaster does quake in the tumult of your blazing always violets. And should I, among all honey, thrumming like the madly sun, lay you so driftingly down where spring is clumsily aflame and rowdy among the tulips, and put the kiss on the clover up so floatingly dreamward to dance the fire awry. We are from a considerable red impression pulled splendor down for time and dizzily time, lost among the brightly breathing, while jasmine pours its course through mingled hands. In poem. Absolutely beautiful. Go ahead and read your second one, then I'll comment. Okay. Well, this is a tough one. Okay. This is not poetry. This is me, plain as paper, and not a fancy linen, no, plain white bond, the bond of students and clerks and petrol station attendants, the bond of ballpoint pens, tattered folders, and love notes carried in pockets, the bond you leave on the nightstand to remind the missus you will be late and not to worry, the bond you leave folded under a windshield wiper to remind your mate that he is just that. I am nothing fancy. I would be small talk over pint glasses and crisps, languid, language emoting rough touches of soul that define the definite, a remembrance of coarse life drawn down to a blood-hued truth, common as salt, simple as ash. I would be the friend that makes your wife roll her eyes when you mention my name, the one who watches the dog while you're on holiday and puts up a guest in his flat. The friend who laughs too loud and drags you along into the mischief and mayhem. The one who makes you see dangerous dreams. The kind that stains your eyes and your heart with broader brush strokes. I would be the friend your wife chides you about. And the friend she hugs first at Christmas dinners and school recitals. I would be the friend that coaxes Guinness out of your nose and makes you fall laughing off the bar stool. The one that drinks you down every chance he gets the friend of one more shot and the last pound spent, the friend that would stand with you anywhere, the friend who takes the first blow and the last swing, the friend that carries the truth in his eyes. I would be the friend who makes you understand your greatness or kills you trying, the friend who reminds you that you cannot be afraid of dying or of living. I would be the friend who met you in the park to kick the ball around long after the lighting of lamps when only the dinner dishes await our return, and English gray has settled upon our eyes, summer tired and wings soft into the song of moths and the curlew's far cry. The friend who stops suddenly and clouds up because he cannot bear the simple beauty of it all. I would be the friend that hugged you too much and called you too late just to apologize for something only I remember. 
and to tell you that I love you. The reason you walk down the street shaking your head or laugh to yourself at inappropriate times because of some terrible joke I told you. The too large, too happy friend. The one that doesn't mind taking the Mikey if it makes you laugh because I'm supposed to make you laugh. The friend, craziest cardboard signs, you know the ones. A quiet message brought to you by some rumpled backroads traveler sitting there, cloud dark in a forlorn petrol station, with a cardboard sign telling us all that Christ himself told him we are all buggered because we do not know how to love. I would be the friend that gives him his last quid and stops to listen. I would be the friend that argues with you about Elliot and Blake and what poetry really is and how this could not be poetry because poetry describes love, abandoned and fearless, costly and plain. That real poetry comes only from the heart and the shape of callous life, stories that crisscross human connections and all these things we hold in broken hands, precious in our one moment, borrowed against time that never forgives, love that can be spoken in, the language, in a language only angels hear, I would be the friend who should write you a poem someday, because this isn't poetry at all. In poem. That was phenomenal. That has to be one of my favorite things I've heard in a while. That would be like right up there, if I had, you know, top five, one hand, that would be one of my fingers. Wow. Thank you. I wrote that for Cy, by the way. Did you? Aw. Yep, that's, that's for Cy, Paul, Cy Philbrook. Love him. We actually have a couple of his tracks that we play on the air. That was phenomenal. You know, there were so many. At first, it's like, how come he's, you know, talking all Europe when he doesn't have a European accent? <laughs> I first I. noticed that when you when you said uh, when you said uh, drinking a, a pint and and crisps instead of potato chips. You know, and then yep. there was the quid thing, and and uh, so I went over on your profile real quick. It's like, okay, where's he from? Where's he from? Maybe I need. San Diego, California. What? <laughs> I try. I I made it a surprise for him, and I tried to make it as close to us being just neighborhood mates as I could. You know, um, mm-hmm. I try to immerse myself in their language and the you know their colloquialisms and the way that they talk. Uh, you did very very well. You did very well with that. It was it was awesome, and it was you know it didn't seem contrived. It seemed very natural, and that's why it's like where I was confused. It's like wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic job! You know there were things in there. You're really good at you know when I talk at the beginning of the show about using you know surprising imagery. You know, you were very good at that in your writing. Um, you know, like when you talked about you would be the friend who, and I'm, I know I'm going to butcher this, but the concept will be there. You know, you'll be the friend that stains them with broader brushstrokes. Mm-hmm. That's a great line. That's a great concept. I mean, if you think about that, you know, everybody comes up and leaves their mark on you in life. You yeah. know, everybody's running around no, with a sharpie, true. but you're going to be the one there with a great big, huge house painting brush and just slop it on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which which is kind of dr- 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 dramatizing. You know, the the whole idea of it. But I I thought it was awesome. I loved it, and there were lines throughout the whole thing like that. It was. Amazing to listen to. Wow, thank you very much. Thank you. I, you I are love this very, poem. very welcome. I love this poem because it, it did mean a lot uh, to me to write uh, for Cy. And I owe Cy and actually Chris Maddock and even April, too, who's a brat. I owe them a lot in, <laughs> in my writing because they 
they help me believe in myself. Um, you know, I, I, I think you're, you're kind of born a writer. You practice being a writer, but you're kind of born a writer at the same time. But then there are certain people who help sort of open you up and believe in yourself. And, and um, definitely Cy, um, Chris Maddock, and, and April for sure um, help with well, that. Well, if you don't but, keep writing, it's going to be a crime against humanity. <laughs> no, I'm still writing. I'm actually, um, I've got new poems. Um, because we don't really have notes anymore, um, I'm not posting them. I'm just going to put them in a book and I'm going to charge as little as I can so people can, anybody can afford them. Um, Do you know why they took those away? Uh, No, I don't. They needed the space for advertisement, so they had to pull something away in order to, so we lost our notes because they needed more room for the bandwidth or whatever it is that they use for advertisements. (laughs) I kind of got that feeling, and they also, mm-hmm. I know that they're they're struggling for space. So like the, um, they're trying to get us to use the what is it the stories that disappear after 24 hours. They just go away. So it's not like you know you can post a bunch of pictures and those pictures stay there forever. It's you post them there and then they're gone. They're up, oh, they're gone. Um, and it, it's sad because you know when we started all this back in what like 2006, it was sort of like. It was there forever, you know. Um, well, we repla- this is what we replaced MySpace with, and there's nothing in the world better than MySpace was yeah. for social networking and for artists. But they came in and they just, like, really did uh, a horrible attack on it and just swallowed it up, and we all came, you know, rushing over here to this new shiny penny. And, you know, it, it was never – the intent of it was never to be what MySpace was. It has always been – to farm information to be able to use for marketing. That's what they are. And if anyone thinks it's anything different than that, you know, it's, and, and they make no, they, they don't hide that. That is what they do, you know. Yeah, it, it, what's interesting. So I, little I mean, by little we're losing to... that social networking part of it, and that just is crazy. There's something, something new has got to happen. There's got, something uh, new has got to come take its place. A long time ago, um, I, I had a conversation. I had a conversation with a friend. I, not, I didn't even have my phone in my pocket. Uh, not the phone that I own now. And I was talking about a car that I owned when I was in um, college, uh, an MG Midget, which sounds weird because I'm 6'5 and I'm, you know, this big guy. I fit perfectly in that car. It was my favorite car. I loved that car. Two days later, there, my whole page is uh, buy old MGs and MG Midgets. And, like, you know, I never even mentioned it online. I, I literally never even mentioned it online. <laughs> And I'm mm-hmm. seeing all this, like, old MG club and all this stuff. I'm like, what? what? No, it's yeah. weird. Like, things, things are weird in uh, face, Facebook <laughs> land. <laughs> all right, April, Missy, it is your turn. What do you have for us tonight? Okay, well, the poem I was going to start with cannot be located. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with my computer. So um, I'm going to... I'm going to read a poem called Acapella. Um, This poem was written for a friend of mine, and we used to meet when I owned my business in Sherman Oaks here in L.A. Um, We used to meet every Thursday for a drink, and we would talk poetry. He was, his name's James Phillips, and he would always encourage me to go out and read my work and He's one of the reasons why I actually did get up there and do that because 
speaking in front of a audience is not my forte. So <laughs> I was getting ready to leave. I said, I got to go. And he starts singing to me. And I, I don't know about you, but there's probably, um, I think, some sort of unwritten law about walking out on a man when he's singing to you. <laughs> so um, he was singing this crazy song that he wrote about Charles Bukowski. And it was very entertaining, I have to say, but um, I ended up going home and I, I wrote this poem. It's called Acapella. And here it is. There's a page I continue to turn to where a Southern Pacific marine layer dissipates over valley horizon. Angels are imagined but fall hard despite such hopeful wings. There's eye contact over whiskey and wine, acapella rendition of a song few have heard. Time releases universal pause. Music is made, art adored, and poetry perceived in an empty glass on a lacquered oakwood bar. He knows the exact shade of her eyes. She hid. She is reminded of clouds over the slow flame of Leonard Cohen, the blue burn of Coltrane and Armstrong. A thing of alchemy here in this darkened room, absorbing the sunshine of each other's bones. End poem. End poem. That was incredible. Thank that you. was like an that was like an listening to an oil painting. Oh, I love that. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you understood what I was trying to say because yeah, <laughs> that was phenomenal. I mean, it was just the the whole start, the whole layering of it, the whole creation of it. It was just absolutely beautiful. So, April, yeah, do you I, have to? I I do. Yes. Okay. Um, good. Yes, I have the other one. I just, um, I had wanted to start with something else, um, but maybe things happen for a reason. Who knows? <laughs> um, you know what's really cool, April? It's we're here every Thursday. So next week you can bring it. Print it out, and then it can't that, mess up on you. That's true. That is mm-hmm. true. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, should I go ahead and start with my second? Please, yes. Okay, this is um, called That Whiskey Blue Sway. This is a, a poem I wrote for my pianist friend, Herman Jackson. And um, I, I love reading this one. It, it has a lot of uh, movement to it. Um, here it is. That Whiskey Blue Sway. Fingers fierce and fragile, dance the porcelain fire away, setting ebony to ivory against the white of evening light. Tonight, even the houseflies have their sway and swagger. Ghosts will stride with secrets placed pocket deep, and everyone knows where the whiskey flows. Cigarette to flame, fingertips to quiet lips, a melody unbroken beneath a veil of whispering. She's got that whiskey blue sway. 
Across the ballroom, her eyes are invitations. She wears these blues like a little black dress. Flowers creep from the tuck of curls, all red and smiling. Hips set to boogie and bass, a swing of taunt against eyes on their flight. And tonight, patterns emerge from black and white as an unmasked clown sits dim in the corner, chasing the madness to glow. The smoke and music fills, unmoving in its way, unlost within the depths of corners. We become poetry written on cocktail napkins and the rhythm that moves the night to a crawling group. End poem. I love that line, we become poetry written on cocktail napkins. That's a great line. Thank you. That would be a really good name for a book. <laughs> um, that's actually a part of the collection of poetry that is included in my book, A Song Beneath Silence. Mm-hmm. And Why don't you I'm tell us about the you. books that you have and how we can find them and how we can find you? Um, thank you. Um, I had to. I I kind of lost my my website, unfortunately. It was edgarallenpoet.com, but you can um, also reach me on Facebook. I have my publishing house, Edgar and Lenore's Publishing House, on there, and all the books are linked. Um, they're available on Amazon. Um, and I have two right now of my own, A Song Beneath Silence, and a children's book, Sky the Troll and Other Fairy Tales for Children. But I think adults enjoy that just as much as the kids, <laughs> from what I've been told. Um, it's really fun. Um, and I have, of course, my journals, Edgar Allan Poet. Journal number one, two, three, and four should be released October of this year. And wonderful. Um, yeah, so those that's what I'm currently working on right now. Of course, I've, I've published a lot of authors, and they can all be found on the Facebook page. Very cool. And you will be back next week, right? I will. Yes, I <laughs> I do that. <laughs> Awesome. Larry, do you want to tell everybody how to find you, honey? Um, uh, you can find my poetry on uh, Amazon uh, at this point. Uh, I don't have a website. Um, Alabaster Mercury is still basically going. Uh, it's not all that active. Writing in general has sort of slowed down, um, which I think is actually healthy if you want to hear the truth. Um, and I'm on Facebook all the time. Um, I still write. But uh, as I said earlier, the new stuff that I have, because we don't have our, uh, we don't have our uh, notes, I'm going to publish them. But when I, when I publish it, it'll be like, you know, $5 for the book. It's not going to be expensive. I don't, I don't care if I make any money on it. I just want people to be able to read what I write. Um, and I've got, actually at this point, I, um, coming up soon, I, I will have, finally, my book of short stories will be finished. Um, which people don't remember at this point, which I I like, and um, <laughs> and probably a new book of well, it's it'll be new to a lot of the the, the pieces that I have in there are older, 
and um, they were loved, but people don't remember them, and that's great. I mean, that it'll be like it'll be new to them, and then um, I'll definitely have a book of poetry <laughs> out again this year. So, and that's all going to be on Amazon, and I'll make um, announcements on my page, and maybe I'll come back here and, and read some more for you as well if you want, and um, you know, Please, we can talk yes. about it then. And so maybe they had to uh, make room for the new Facebook dating. Oh, gosh, please no. All right, so you guys, I I am someone who's not used who's used not used to being denied what she wants. Well, that sounded so fun oh, really? to say because it's so not true. But I've always yep. wanted to say that. Yes, I'm not one to be denied. I'm clipping my hair as I'm saying this. So I, that's because just a great moment. <laughs> because I thought there was a poem called Ode to Cheese. And because I will my, write Ode to Cheese. My, I will no, no, write no, it's, it's gone bigger than that. It's, gone, it's grown bigger oh. than that. I'm not so easily pacified now. So since I thought this was a cl- going to be a collaboration, and because I thought it, there was a collaboration piece between the two of you called Ode to Cheese, now the homework is for both of you. The two of you together have to write a poem called Ode to Cheese, and Larry, you are going to be writing in the voice of a extreme cheese addict. And April, you are going to be writing in the voice of a concerned friend trying to make them recognize their problem and talk them into a 12-step program. Okay. Oh, oh my God, way. that's so funny. Well, Mike. What, what is really funny is that Mike told Larry that I would not come on the show if he didn't come on, which was a come on because I had no idea he told him that. But it was kind of it like if mom said yes, I if you say yes, dad said yes, if you say yes. Yeah, I got it. He's, he's yeah, got that Todd way. is a mischief maker. By the way, Todd, <laughs> since, you're, since you're here and listening, I just want to just throw this out. Did you ever get the answer to the question you asked um, April about whether or not I wrote a poem for her? Because I'm in a position to deny or <clears throat> not deny that rumor, um, just not going to. <laughs> I'll let you guys figure that out. Larry, April, it was great having you on tonight. Thank you for being here. You have an open invitation to come back and join us anytime. I love being able to share you with the world and be able to sit and spend this time with you. So thank you so much, both of you, for being here tonight. Thank, thank you, you, Nyla. Honestly, thank you very much for asking. I really appreciate and it. And Michael. <laughs> no problem. Yes, Good night, Michael. You guys. Good night. Thank you, Michael Todd, for setting that up, for having Larry and April call in. That was awesome. I'm going to go ahead and get to our next caller, which comes from area code 615. 615, you're on the air. Hi, Nyla. How are you? This is Clarence Ferguson, Jr. Good to hey, see you. Hey, Clarence. <laughs> yes, yes. So, <laughs> how have you been? I've been absolutely wonderful. It's really good to hear from you. What's going on? What did you bring Thanks. us tonight? Well, I brought you a short piece and a long piece. I think it's a long piece. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> All right, so whenever you're ready. Go ahead. All right. Um, the first one is one of your prompts. It's called Smallest Impression. I just got out of the pool. That's not the actual size. It shrunk. Objects are closer than they appear. It hangs. It goes for a long time. It has endurance and stamina. It's harder than ever before. I'll prove it to you. 
Let me whip it out. It's fully loaded, and its contents will satisfy. It's quite fulfilling. It rises to the occasion. It gets excited when you're around. It's my poetry. What did you think I was saying? In peace. I'm not even going to answer that question. Because <laughs> I, I kind of feel like my my uh, senses were were baited and led astray intentionally. I'm not going to point any fingers about who would possibly do that. <laughs> uh, great job, honey. <laughs> what else did you Thank bring us you. tonight? The next piece is another prompt from you. It's called Condemned to Two Faces. I'm not your woman. I'm not your man. I'm not your gay confidant listening while you talk all night about him. I'm not your girlfriend or your psychiatrist. You ain't paying me money so I can give you free advice while I try to understand. You've seen my good, not prepared to see my bad. I'm smooth and gentle. Don't confuse that with sensitive. I'm not made to be soft. And maybe that's something you hate, but you're putting a rush on me. So I have planned my escape. My reputation is my representative. It sees that you want me tame under sedatives, the way you can take credit for controlling me to becoming less of a man. Why are you trying to define me? Are you Delilah still trying to blind me, marking me by dressing me in child clothes? Is this a part of your foul play? Who made you the god of me? You're performing a lobotomy to obtain a monopoly by evaporating my testosterone from my balls so you can have the perfect man created from your technology. Sorry, dear. I refuse to follow this mental apocalypse. I'm dropping the mic and I'm out of here like Obama did. I tried to please a lot of girls saying what they wanted to hear and be the prototype through protocols on their shopping list. But I became just another product of lust until now where I want to be the one God can trust. I've shown you two faces that ultimately made you my favorite. But this emotional roller coaster you're trying to take me on, lady, you must be mistaken. Lady, you must have mistaken me for a brother who went crazy. I see your manipulation and raise you my emancipation. Your witchcraft with emphasis won't render me tender nor impotent because you're witnessing my inner self, repenting from giving in to sin. Don't take my kindness as innocence because I'm at the point where I don't give a damn. I'm not your lover, and I'm about to be on your list of ex-friends. I wrote this message for you, but I'm not sure you have the capacity to comprehend. I ain't dying for you. In peace. Wow. You know, I, I say this a lot, but I really, really seriously never want to be on your bad side. <laughs> you can't. Like, you won't. like seriously. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> uh, you know, you just... It was I, I, yeah. 
Yeah, I love someone having that strength and conviction about what they will let the world get away with and what they won't. You know, mm-hmm. too many times we are just complacent and let the world walk over the top of us because it's easier. You know, That's if you true. if you open your voice, you have to take action. If you have to take action, you have to take responsibility. It means you have to do stuff, and it's just that's hard, you know. So someone yeah. who is able to stand up and do that, I think, is pretty awesome. And I think it's good to hear. I think it gives people courage. Thank you, because this piece was about a narcissist that does not know that they're a narcissist. How can they not know? They're so into themselves. They know everything about themselves. Well, they talk about narcissists, but they don't know that they are themselves. <laughs> so i got to point it out. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much, it. Nala. <laughs> You're welcome, honey. Thank you very much, Nala. Do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can come find yes. you. They can find me at Facebook.com backslash Clarence Ferguson Jr., or they can find me on my group. It's called C-Double Music and Friends. That is very cool. All right, you guys, go visit him. Go show him some love. And Clarence, we will talk to you next week. Yes, you will. Awesome, awesome. All right, All right take you care. Have, you have a good weekend, hon. All right, All right bye-bye. All right, our next caller comes from area code 503. 503, you're on the air. Hi, Nyla. This is John. <laughs> hey, John, how are you, sweetheart? You know, I'm well, thank you. Um, you know, uh, last week, uh, no, actually, uh, almost a month ago, uh, you gave us the poetry prompt to run around downtown Portland and, you know, write down everything that was read. There's I remember. A lot of red crap. Yeah, there's a lot of red crap down here. Anyway, I got five lines from that poetry prompt. And it seems, you know, everybody else is uh, reading from their poetry prompts that you gave them. So I thought I'd chime in. And then I have a, another poem that I wrote about 30 years ago. I didn't actually write it. I just composed it. You wrote it when you were two? I'm sorry? Two? No. You said you wrote no. it 30 years ago, and I said, what, when you were two? Oh, you're, oh, you're trying to be cute. I get it. I am uh, cute. What do you mean trying? <laughs> old, old people don't understand those kind of jokes anymore. It's like t- telling me I'm 61 years old young. I'm like, fuck you. Oh, sorry. Didn't mean the F word. You're fine. <laughs> Okay, you want to hear my five lines from your poetry prompt? I do. A homeless kid in downtown said, joke for a quarter, three for 50? His eyes smiled hopefully behind his mask. End of poem. End of five lines. <laughs> I love it. You know, that's one of the funnest things for me is to... When I give out prompts and things like that, I mean, it's like everywhere it lands, it grows into something different. So you hand everybody, I did a workshop that one time, a photographer, actually it was for photographers, and every week I gave them an object, and they had to take that object out that week, 
and everybody had to photograph that object in some way. And one time, my favorite one was I at the dollar store. I bought five bright red locks. Okay. Why did I say five? There was more than five. Where did five come from? I brought five. Uh. <laughs> these bright red locks and put them in the, the paper bags and everybody got to take one home. And the following week, they brought the picture. They printed out and brought the picture that they took using that red lock. And all of the pictures were mm-hmm. different. It was crazy. It was amazing and fun. And it's the same thing with the poetry prompts. You know, seeing what Hi. you guys bring back is just incredible. Thank you. I love it when you well, do that. Well, you know, it is a lot of fun. And I, I do more of them than I ever report on. But, you know, this one was fun because, you know, you know, it must have been 20, 25 people, you know, or, or versions of red, you know, things in red. I tend to, you know, kind of just float to people. Anyway, the kid had a red bandana around his face. Mm-hmm. And that's how the five lines happened. You know, and they're not great lines, but, you know, they're not haiku. It doesn't have to be a haiku. You did awesome, John. What's the second one you're going to read, honey? Oh, okay. Um, This one I wrote, uh, well, roughly 30 years ago. Uh, It's for a friend of mine, and uh, you might actually know the friend. Uh, Who? Anyway. uh, No, um... So let me read the poem. Okay. Okay. All right. This is called The Ballad of Steve. When I was just a little young boy, I followed the path to the river's shore, a paint-by-number morning sky with the scream of an eagle on the fly. The sun so hot and the clouds so low, the river just rolled, rolled, rolled. While tickets and tickadas sing, you are the song that the morning brings. So I set out running, but I took my time. All I want to know is, are you kind? Singing, sleep until noon. Where is that dark star? Where is the moon? Close my eyes so that I can see. Hey, don't worry about me. California on my mind. I'm going to beat it on down the line. The first one say, she got my child. One-eyed Jackson, the deuces are wild. She was born in a desert, raised in a lion's den. Daddy's going to love you and gather you in. I know only this. I got you today. If you get confused, listen to the music play. Once in a while, you'll get shown the light. I need you, baby, to make things all right. But every time the wheel go round, fireworks, calliopes, clowns, written in the letters of your name, wherever I go, the people all complain. I was busted down on Bourbon Street. It takes all you've got to stay on the beat. In the jailhouse till the sun go down. Oh, I wish I was a headlight on the northbound. There's nothing left to believe in. Holes in what's left of my reason. I don't want to be treated this way. 
What's become of my baby? Let the words be yours. I'm done with mine. I can't win for trying. Now I'm just looking for my kite or angels in a sharp light. Just one thing I ask of you. Walk me out in this morning, dew. Just want to have a little peace to die. I'll meet you all in the sweet by and by. End of poem. Steve Keith? I'm sorry? Who's Steve? Who's Their song titles. Oh, Steve is my friend who committed suicide 30 years ago, and that's what the poem's about. used to walk into stadiums with myself, and we were there to see the Grateful Dead, things like that. But he found out that the name of Steve was the most popular name in America at the time. So he would walk in, and first thing he'd do is, you know, raise his hands and start waving and say, Hey, Steve! And see how many people would turn around. And lots of people turned around and waved back. <laughs> so Steve is basically his alias. His real name I is I love Craig. it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, that was actually composed and not written. I could tell by the way that you were reading it that, I mean, every once in a while you could almost hear you singing it. So three or four years ago, or I'm sorry, three or four weeks ago, you were talking to a gentleman and admitted to um, putting together song titles to create poems? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Well, that was because um, I did not write this. This was, uh, you know, something I composed, and it consists of 44 verses. I'm sorry. Um, yes. 44 verses from 42 different Grateful Dead songs. Grateful Dead, okay. I knew there were song titles. They're not actually titles at all. They're actually lines out of... But I knew there were parts, of, parts of, lines of songs, is what I mean. Yeah, I knew they were from songs. It's, it's just, well, the Grateful Dead were Americana, and so everybody remembers certain words, as they said. It's true, it is. Mm-hmm. It's just like if you're from Britain, you remember everything the Beatles and the Rolling Stones ever said. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mine was Elton John. Oh, really? That, that's yeah. great. The first time I ever got in trouble as a uh, teenager, um, I was 13 or 14. I put up a, a poster of uh, Elton John, uh, The Bitch is Back is what it said. And I put it up in my bedroom, and my mother went crazy. Oh, that's <laughs> She was funny. like, take that off. <laughs> yeah, I'd gotten it out of, like, one of those teen, teen magazines. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What were they, Tiger Beat and all that crap? Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah. All yep, right, John, yep. tell everyone how they can find you, my love. Well, I'm just on Facebook, but I still haven't gotten vaccinated, so I'm pretty much staying at home still. I told you, just go stand in line and go. Yeah, it doesn't work that way here in Portland. Do I have to come pick you up and bring you to Salem? 
Um, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe so. I would, really <laughs> would like one. Everybody else is getting vaccinated, and I'm really like the only guy that's not. It's, I, I, feel I get my out. second one tomorrow. Uh, excellent. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just want to, I mean, I signed up, and they just, the first time they uh, told me I had an appointment, it was for, um, you know, the Portland airport. And so I called 211, and I says, can I walk in? And they're like, no, got to have a car. They won't even take people on bicycles. And there's well, no place nuts. on the <laughs> – actually, I can't imagine that in 2021. You know, what do you mean? There's hundreds of people, thousands of people that use bicycles as their major, you know, transportation. Or, or public buses, especially it. in Portland. They don't drive. Right. But they see uh, – when you sign up for this shit, there's no button that you push that says, I don't have a car. So, you know, I mean, my older brother has three cars, and he gets an appointment at the freaking convention center, and I get an appointment at, you know, oh, man. I'll see if I can at help you figure out something. Okay, John. Sorry. This is a poetry show, not my fucking personal (laughs) soapbox. Sorry. A lot of us are going through those frustrations. I know. I I mean, there's a lot of you that I've talked to that are just... Right now, it does Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it just doesn't take much to set me off these days. Listen, um, I hope you enjoyed the poem. I did very much. Thank you. It was amazing. And you're going to be here next week? Well, maybe if I have something else I can find in that box of mine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there's lots of things you can share. I can't wait. All right. Thank you, John, honey. Appreciate you. Hey, thank you. Bye-bye. All right, you guys, I want to let area code 951 and 757 know that you are not in the lineups. So if you guys want to come on the air, please press 1. If you're here just hanging out listening, appreciate you. And if you change your mind, press 1 at any time. That is 951 and 757. All right, let's go ahead and grab area code 219. 219, you're on the air. Hey, now how you doing? This is Brother O on the line. Hi, Brother O. How are you doing, honey? I'm doing good. It's really good to hear from you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. What do you have for us tonight? This poem is called Brother as as a fish has been taken off the single market. <clears throat> My dear single sisters, yours truly, Brother O, the Living Miracle Professor of Poetry, as a fish has been taken off the single market. Well, we had to go to the opportunity to have a real king in your life like me. However, you were either not ready for me or were not willing to give me a chance to get to know you and your family and establish a friendship based upon a strong foundation and strong connection. It's your loss. And don't get an attitude and 
and get jealous and envious when you see me with my queen. Now, you suffer regrets for either turning me down or practicing extreme caution based upon your previous bad relationships. You have no idea about all the rejection I endured, all the tears I cried when my heart was broken, all the times I thought about remaining a bachelor for the rest of my life, now the lonely nights I dealt with. This was the price I had to pay before my true love came into my life. And you know what? Everything I went through was well worth it. My daily philosophy that I practice in addition to the power of prayer speaking, positive affirmations contributed to me being taken off the single market. I completely trusted in God's time and during many seasons of going out by myself, resisting temptations of other women, explored all of my plentiful options before my queen came out and sped me into my life during the pandemic. Last year, after I was unceremoniously, got kicked to the curb by a woman who didn't appreciate me as a real man. Here my keys are finally coming off the single market, taking the process of being in a real relationship one step at a time. Getting to know my current girlfriend now as a friend first, taking my time and remaining persistent in pursuing courting her without rushing to a relationship. Conducting a thorough investigation and background checks by having conversations with several relatives and spending time with her family. And to my heart's delight, my current girlfriend passed all these tests with flying colors. And she she met all of my qualifications and standards. Now, the best advice I can offer to all my single brothers and sisters who had a desire to come off the single market Love yourself first before you get into a relationship. Always feel real and true to yourself. Remind yourself that there's someone who is looking for a real man or woman like you. Write down your heart's desires and set your goals, set your qualifications and standards for your future king and queen take up to God in your time of prayer and meditation. Heal from your past hurts and don't cast someone on the rebound. Be willing to take a hard look at yourself and work on yourself. Remind yourself that God's timing is always perfect timing. They different people to figure out who is the right man or woman for you. Learn how to handle rejection because it's not about you. you sometimes you just some people that's not meant for you. Choose someone who is equally committed to you as you are to him or her. Choose someone who is willing to put up with your flaws, imperfections, weaknesses, your quirks, and uh, is willing to carry your, handle your baggage. Choose someone who spends quality time with you and who would, choose someone who loves you for you. And choose someone who is willing to be honest, loyal, and transparent with you. And poem. So are you trying to tell us something here? Well, well, I am. Actually, actually, I am. It, it was a poem I did, uh, did last year when I um, officially, you know, 
I've been off the single market for several months now, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm currently in a relate I'm currently in a relationship now. So. That is awesome. I know you're very picky, so she's got to be amazing. Are you going to read two for us tonight, hon? No, no, not tonight. Okay, just the one? Just the one. Okay. All right. Do me a favor and tell everyone how they can find you then, hon. I can be follow Facebook on Omar Brother Gavin. Uh, I have uh, I have a lot of lot of good stuff coming up. Things is things have been slow for a while and I'm trying to get get back out. And um I was out this past Sunday and then I did that poem I read tonight and it was well received. And uh just, just check out what I got going on. Thank you for the support every week. <laughs> it is a pleasure. Love having you as part of our family, hon. Hey, you know, I'll be back next week. All righty. We'll see you then, honey. Have a fantastic week and good weekend. You too. <laughs> Bye, sweetheart. All right. I'm going to go ahead and give the next three callers kind of let you give a heads up. I'll go down the list real quick. We have 848 next, then 740. Eight six three nine or four one nine two one six. Um, we have a looks like a Skype caller possibly nine one nine. Kind of give you a, a heads up to where you are. All right, let's go ahead and bring area code eight four eight on the air. Eight four eight, are you with me? Hey, can you hear me? I can hear you. How you doing, sweetheart? Oh, well, thank you for asking. How are you? I am doing amazing. It's good to hear from you, Gregory. It's, yeah. Okay. It's good to be heard. Okay. Um, well, this is as in for who haven't heard read in a while or for people who haven't heard me read at all. Backstory, it kind of just came together this week, et cetera. So, so be it. You know, I call in every week, and it can sound. What, that's not for me to decide. Okay, that's the backstory. Replete thy body, church, for the time of dying. The mind's eye yet to deny the commonmost struggle, and the past life sacrifice still languishes of the physical compromise. Then identical insight, internalized images of an eloquent silence which I was blessed of ethereal tranquility. The forgiven are entombed, the warlords respire in restlessness. Bequeath thy beginning in a breath of rebirth, and breathe life into this dying world, and breathe light upon the dying night. Be welcomed in the causeway of the indefinite sky, as heaven be seen through the eyes of a child. Six, seven, eight. Out. Wow, that was pretty together, yeah. It was. It was. It was awesome. That was tight, for sure. Okay, good. Thanks. It's yes. Yeah, uh, no more backstory. No excuses. Just yeah, it came out of a jam. We were kind of goofing. Her. Yeah, it was from friends, and so it'll take some work. But that was okay, right? That was Pat. Yeah. 
Okay, good. Hey, thanks for letting me work it out. Joe's a pisser. We're okay. It's New Jersey. It's been raining for three days. Um, gee, I don't know. Okay, friends, isn't California, if I already said this, the vaccines are, everybody's vaccinated. You don't need an appointment, and people are bringing people to get vaccinated. It could be a little bit of how the conversation went, but I, I would consider it fairly true or real, like, so, because they're trying to put, you know, these 21, you're trying to put 21 shows together or something. You know, some national thing. I mean, ex- extreme musicianship. So, so be it. But we're still kind of clunky around here. Sort of. <laughs> and uh, it says, who knows? It's like, you know, throwing the, the marble in the roulette wheel. Who knows where we're going to end up, right? Oh, what? Uh, yeah, you know, it's pretty arrogant to think you have some say over a virus because you have a need to make money or something. But the mm-hmm. outdoor things are are seem to make a lot of sense or at least have enough space where it seems to be reasonable. But they're good at that. So they'll put up a stage and every Saturday they play out you know, at a golf course, per se, and there's plenty of room, but all the people up on the porch, and you get that they've already had it or they're vaccinated, and that's just weird. But you can hang under a tree. You know, it's hippie stuff. Hey, that was cool. That person put together, those were all Grateful Dead lyrics. Yeah, John, he's amazing. Not even like a complete sentence. They were like three words of a Grateful Dead lyric. So, boom. No, I love that stuff. It's a freaking Grateful it Dead. It was awesome. Like All right, Gregory. Freaking life. I know, oh, right? Well, let me go home or let me stay in. Okay, thanks for letting <laughs> me try out the new, new. Thanks. That was once again. Okay, thanks. Hey, you record Tell this, don't you? Tell how to find you, honey. Oh, what on Hellbook? So be it. I got one or two. What's your name? Begins with an A. She's beautiful. So you have to, or you just promote on my site. I we it's not that intense. We're not you know we're a commercial driven society. Put anything you want on my Hellbook page. Definitely oh, promote. Right, That's what we do around here. We promote. You know, hey, Perfect. Every now and then, it's anyhow. There's no burn, no rule. You can find me on Hellbook if you wanna. I'm saying that I ain't gonna promote the national thing. That's on there. Do whatever you want. We're cool. Just do do your best. Awesome. All right, Gregory. Will we talk to you next week? Yeah, pretty much so. Yeah, I'm definitely still quarantining. Okay. I'm not going to the bowling alley to hear Grateful Dead music. I have plenty of that here. That's awesome. It. Yeah, well, all right, that. sweetie. We hope to talk to you then, honey. Thank yeah, you. Any, hey, thank you. Yeah, I don't want to be a fathead. Awesome. I don't want to be a fathead <laughs> no more. We're easy. <laughs> bye bye, hon. All right, our next caller, area code four. Or excuse me, seven four zero seven four zero. You're on the air. Hi, Nyla. It's Sean Tucker. How's it going? Hey, Sean. I'm great. How are you doing, honey? 
doing pretty good tonight. Um, I have a one long, somewhat long piece here that I uh, <laughs> that I tried to make a little more relatable to a more general audience because you know that I tend to write about the same old darn mental illness all the time. So I ventured out a little bit and tried to come up with something a little different. Okay, this piece is currently titled 2020. 2020 was a tough year for most of us all. But most of all, I wonder how we are all going to come out of it. Stronger, wiser, and tall. Better. Hold our heart that this year was hard and you were not smart to it all. Were your decisions for the best? Did you pass your own test? I must confess. I'm not sure if I did my own. Truth be told, 2020 and now lingering into 2021 has quite potentially been one of the toughest years I've had in a very long time. Grieving lost loved ones, present and past, wishing the ones I love would stay and seem to last for something a little closer to forever. Each eternity has always had a way of finding my heart. I'm not quite sure if I'm attempting to help others or crying out for help myself. But one thing is for sure, I'm not a quitter and I will remain strong. Quitting is not in my DNA and failure is simply not an option. Robbing the success of my failures and beginning to see the problem. I tried. I tried. And I tried for so long, but the time is now. I do or I don't. I try no longer. I won't. Looking forward now with 2020 vision, are you grasping the depth of these goals that I'm listing? I'm done with the wishing wells. I'm finishing the senseless missions. This journey I now walk upon, I tell you, I'm just not missing out on another opportunity to be happy again in the poem. Be happy again. That was phenomenal. Are you reading two tonight, love? Actually, that one is it tonight. Can you say that again? Oh, that was the only one tonight. What? I could probably, uh, I got one. You ready? Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yep, we're ready. Okay. Currently untitled. My hands tremble with anticipation. I'm close. Bank account in the red, but not as red as a fire in my eyes. Maybe I'm just on the wrong dose. I'm really not sure anymore. Is it the lithium or the disease? But the numbness is lifting. I light a match in my soul because my heart has already bled too much ink. It's time within the ear my voice. I won't give up. 
this easily. End of poem. I won't give up so easily. A great ending line. You thought you were in there writing a mental illness or reading a mental illness one, so. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel so much better now. You said just one, and I thought I was going to go into withdrawals. Oh, I love it. I love it. Believe it or not, um, that was half of a poem, and I did not realize it until I got to the last one. And I'm like, where's the rest of it? But I kind of like it the way I read it this time. So we'll see how I decide <laughs> what to do with that one. I, I thought it was awesome. I would never have known. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, today I, I hated to miss last week. But, um, boy, I had a well of a night uh, seven days ago. So here I am back. And I will gladly call in next week. And I, I want to get one of the prompts done. And so that's my goal this week is to do a little reading, do the prompt, and see what I come up with. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I think that's a great goal for the weekend. Go, Sean. Yes. <laughs> All right. Cool. Tell everyone how to find you, hon. Yes. Um, on Facebook, it's at Sean Tucker Poetry. And I do have a website up and running again. It's Sean Tucker Poetry. Dot WordPress.com. Perfect. All right, sweetheart. We will talk to you next week. We will. We will. Hey, uh, thanks, Sean. See ya. All right. So our next caller comes from area code eight six three eight six three. You are on the air. Um. Hello, Nyla. This is Noreen. Hey, honey. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. It's um, so good to hear from you. Okay, thank you. And it's good to hear from you, too. Okay. And um, of Gary's poem, I have, um, You Know, Mom and Dad. Okay. You know, Mom, I love you. Now I'm going to cry. Mom, I'm going to love you till the day I die. Mom, I'm going to be there with tears in my eyes the day you die. Now, Dad, you're the greatest thing to me. For all my life, you'll be dear to me. I'll remember fishing and fun and all the things you did for me. And I'll give you a grandson that will say the same thing to me. The end. Oh, that was beautiful. Yep, thank you. Okay, and um, and for me, I have one um called Get Lost. Okay, and before I start, I want to thank um, Michael Todd for this um, um, poetry form, um, d- uh, Double Ended, if I'm, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but he had it on his um, Facebook page, and I want to thank him, and I finally wrote one. Okay, it's called Get Lost. Okay. Get lost in our memories, reliving the good old days, staring at our photos of us. Oh, I miss you, honey. I just want to keep on reliving our lives, wishing it was real, real life, more than just a dream. I understand it was your time to go, but darn it, I don't want to let go. Don't get me wrong, I have plenty of things to do, like cleaning, cooking, writing, poetry, and so on, and honoring you. The end.
Okay. I love how you talk about the things that you have to do throughout the day that are just, you know, things going through the motion, but it's always right there with you. That was beautiful. Yes. Okay, thank you. And then I have a second one. It's, it's really short. It's a haiku. And and okay. I, I did a, your poetry prompt. I would, it's called, your poetry prompt mine was, I would burn those old letters. That Okay, this is called Only Ashes Remain. I would burn those old letters, but you just did it. Now ashes remain. The end. That was awesome. Wow, thank you. You get five gold stars for that, Missy. Wow, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. Very cool. So do me a favor. Yes. And... You've got a little fan club going in the uh, chat room, by the way. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> I love Noreen. Love you, Noreen. That's Topsy. Oh, and, and, wow. Uh, wow. Jimmy wow. says she's so real. Wow. All Thank right. You. Tell all your fans how they can find you, darling. Okay. You can find um, Gary and I, our books from um, Reflections of Our Inner, um, our books on Amazon. Um, reflections of our inner beings, now and forever. Now and forever, our love and other love poems. Um, two hearts in one, and the aura. Oh no, the 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 aura of, of the truth. Um, and then um, okay, and you can find them on Amazon, and then you can find um Gary on um poetrypoem dot com. Um, Facebook.com and ReverbNation.com and he's Googleable and Googleable. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and you can find me on um, Facebook.com, ReverbNation.com, and um, PortrayPoem.com. And you can also find both of us on um, uh, Ko-Fi, Ko-Fi. F I um, as Gary and Noreen, and then you can find us every Saturday evening at 5:30, um, doing the um, Facebook Live on the Poetry Club, and you can find me here on Thursdays. Oh, and then I'm also um, going to start um, doing um, greeting cards. I'm going to get into that and create myself. Oh, that's cool. Yes. Well, let us know how that's going. Okay, I'll let you all know. I had, I've been practicing first because it's, um, it's harder than I thought it would be. So I'm doing some practicing first. And I'm I thought I was going to do Valentine's Day cards one time, but mine wouldn't be. The, you know, it's like you go to val- you look at those Valentine cards and they're all so mushy and stuff. But the ones I did would say something like, "You're an asshole, but you're my asshole, and I love you." I mean, that's a real <laughs> card, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You can be a big jerk, but I love you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I found out I loved doing it because when, when Gary and I first met back in 1998, when he found out I was a, I'm was a poet, he said, you can't buy me any more cards. He told me, you have to make the card for, for me. So oh, I, I she kind of just cute. <laughs> so that's how I got into loving doing cards. Now I want to get in that business now. So you'll write pretty cards. Wow, okay, thank you. That people will want. That the people will want. 
<laughs> yes. All right, sweetheart. Thank you so much. You did a great job okay. tonight, Noreen. Thank you okay. for you and Gary both for being here. Okay. Thank you. Okay. And you're welcome. And, and okay. And and it's, and it's a pleasure to be on here. And thank you for having Gary and I on here. It's a pleasure. It's our pleasure, Noreen. We love you guys. Thank you. Okay. Okay. We love you too. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> bye bye. Okay. I mean, okay, talk, we'll talk to you, later. to you next week. I, I, yeah, talk to you next week because I don't say. My mom told me I not know. to say goodbye. I'm I'm working on it. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Okay, I apologize. <laughs> no, don't. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, I'll talk to you next week. Okay. All right. Our next caller. I did it. Yes. Our next caller came from area code. Comes from area code four one nine four one nine. You're on the air. Good evening, Rebel Jones. Hey, sweetheart, it's good to hear from you. What's going on? Hey, thanks. It's good to be able to call in. I have two short poems. One's old and one's very new. I just wrote last night. So I think I'll do the old first. It's called Humble the Giant. And I'm actually doing this um, for my friend Jim Zilowski. He said he wanted to hear this live. And I know Clarence is probably going to do something with it eventually, so... C double thirty four, this is for you. Um Humble the Giant. As I stand here in none but the flesh with ashes of who I once was, with dimming embers floating gently to my feet. I stand here humble but tall for the man I have become has not yet finished growing. The height of a giant I shall reach, and when I do, I shall be whom I'm meant to be, a giant amongst none, but whom I used to be. And that's that piece. (laughs) was phenomenal. Are you reading too, Rebel? Yes, I got um, one more that's very new. I just wrote this last night or yesterday. Um, Oh. find it real quick here. I'm sorry. You're fine. <laughs> oh, man. I'm a jerk. Uh-oh. Is it hiding from you? It is. Um. All right, I found it. This I wrote is called The Miserable Poet. And I I got this idea. I don't do much out of prompts. I usually write out of meditation and real deep thought. But my wife and I had a conversation the other night, and she asked me, if you didn't have me and the kid and you were a single man, what would you be doing with your life? So this is titled The Miserable Poet. I guess I'm defying life and going against this plan for me. My muse says I'm going in the wrong direction and I'm meant to just commit to deep thought and poetry. You see, I'm a charismatic, charismatic energy attempting to keep it all pent up inside for the world surely isn't ready for all of me. For all of me in existence all at once, they show the world a chaos that should not exist. A mind that secretly scribes from multiple dimensions at one time while 
gathering data from astral travel from multiple timelines where I conversate and listen to wisdom of the ancients as they speak through meditation, deep thought, and benevolent dreams. Surrounded by visions and smoke rings, I begin understanding how the words that a poet writes intermingle with deep philosophical meaning and conversations with muses older than stardust as they often speak about true beginnings long before the creations of us Tellurians. And that's that piece. Wow. That was absolutely incredible. Thank you. You are welcome. And that's fresh off the press, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> You're actually the first people I've read that to aloud. <laughs> I feel very special right now. Aw, <laughs> thank you. Uh, Rebel, that was I'm, I'm really, so really my, awesome. I'm so happy my wife let me free just for a little while to come join your show. You I've go give that to... woman a great big hug for me and tell her how much we appreciate her sharing you with I us. I will. I've been wanting to recite for a while. They kind of get depressed when I go too long without doing any poetry. Well, tell her that this is your way of making her immortal. If you read poems yeah, about her, so Soundways really ne- never go away. They just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. They never go away. So when I you read her, poems I said, to her, you're giving I've them to the universe. You. I told her now that I've written about her, um, she'll never die. She'll exist forever. You know what I'm saying? So. Mm-hmm. You are writing your, you're immortally writing your guys' love story. Yes. That's beautiful. All right. Make sure you thank give you. her a hug and tell her we said thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah, I will. Thank you. <laughs> tell everyone how and to find I want you, to Rebel. Tell everybody one more thing. One more thing. Sure. Thank you for waking up with us. Thank you for waking up today, everybody. You're very welcome. Thank you for waking up. All right, now, peace. Tell everyone how to find you, Rebel, before you take off. Oh, you can find me. I'm really, guys, guys, anybody listening, I'm really trying to grow my YouTube channel. I've got like 115 followers in like five years. <laughs> but I, I, I'm on YouTube, uh, Poetry by Rebel Jones, Madman Productions. And I'm all over Facebook. I'm in every damn poetry group that exists, I think. Um, I'm I'm all over Facebook. Poetry by Rebel Jones on Facebook and Poetry by Rebel Jones on YouTube. And I do constant collaborations with C Double Thirty Four Music. Clarence is family to me. I love that man. Um he does he does amazing work. Do you have like a, a purple paint looking header on your page? Is that the right one? Uh, yeah, yeah. A- yeah, a friend of mine made the little the little um, logo face for me. With the, the red infinity or thing? Type. Oh, no, 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 no. No, not red infinity. No, ma'am. Okay. All um, right, I must have the wrong actually, one. I'm going to find it, oh, though. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. You know what? That's my old Facebook. I got I got evicted from that page. Um. I'm R. Madman Jones now. I'm sorry, people. I will not fail you again. <laughs> well, see, I'm glad that I checked then. Yes. <laughs> I apologize. And if you, right, me on Facebook, you get an, if you friend me on Facebook, you get an automatic invite to my personal poetry page on Facebook, Poetry by Rebel Jones, where all my work is on there for about the past four or five years. Perfect. All right, sweetheart, appreciate you, and we will talk to you next week. 
Thank you. Um, if I can, life gets a hold of me sometimes, and I don't got time for these shows anymore. I'm very you fortunate know, to be able to get away and sneak away for a little bit to do this. Just keep those love. Make sure one every week is a love poem to your wife and tell her you <laughs> want to go read that to the world about how amazing she is, and she will be pushing you to the phone every week. <laughs> Oh, no, uh, no, honey, it's not my wife that holds me back. It's my kids. It's my oh. kids. They don't let Daddy go too far. <laughs> well, keep, keep a poem in your pocket and use the bathroom. And this is like my kids. You know, you go into the bathroom. How many parents, you go to the bathroom, and you've got like three sets of lips pressed to the crack of the door yes. of you the know, bathroom I'm trying to talk to you through the, the crack. Drive. It's like, Jesus Christ, I'm, there's nothing sacred here. <laughs> I'm in my truck right now in the driveway on the on the little surround sound in the truck. I, that's the only place I get away really is go sit in the car. Oh my gosh, I love road. it. I love it. All right, thank you so much, Rebel. Right, Make it here when you everybody. can. We appreciate you being part of the family. Appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome, hon. We'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. Our next caller comes from area code two one six two one six. You are on the air. Uh, two one six, Mama. Okay. I got, yeah, I'm here. I'm trying to Bluetooth off. Can you hear me? Can you? Hear I can me hear you. Uh huh. Okay, I had to turn the Bluetooth off. But I had a question for Rebel. Um, can you open his line back up? Rebel, you still with us? Mama, oh. <laughs> Listen, I'm listening, and I was waiting to hear the answer. To the question your wife asked you uh, about what you would do if you weren't uh, married with the children, and did you start talking about being a Tamarian and space travel and all kind of? Exactly. I would be a traveling <laughs> poet. I would be barefoot and traveling the world. <laughs> and, a Tamarian. and far beyond the world. <laughs> Is, oh, my goodness. Did you say you would, you would become a Tamarian? Is that a space traveler? Uh, a no, a Tularian is every living, ex everything that exists on the planet Earth that lives is a Tularian. It's just another word for Earthlings. Okay, okay, because I was like, I wonder did she figure out what the answer was, because I didn't, so I thought maybe I was just answering <laughs> some questions. <laughs> that was a great form. Okay, well, thank you, thank Naira, you. for letting me. Speak with Rebel, and um, I have another. I'm gonna do. Um, now I need the cheese people on the phone because I got a cheese form. I'm gonna read for them. And uh, <laughs> well, April is I'll, still April is still on listening, so she'll be able to hear you. And Larry will probably hear it in the archives. Okay, well here we go. And uh, I dug this up for the cheese people. Okay, here we go. Did you say cheese? Did you say cheese? Cheese. Did you say cheese? Many have stopped letting it age. The pride of the industry has diminished in grade. The process is no longer done in accordance with time. And the cheesy cheese can no longer be considered fine brine. The quality of cheese is cheesy indeed. 
the pasteurization of milk and unhealthy steed has compromised the art of producing good cheese. Now, cheese from goat milk may still be tasty, but the price of good cheese has outweighed the need. It's a culture that's cultured into a profit for greed. So I no longer desire the taste of this imitation breed. If the cheese was still cheese, I would eat plenty. But for now, my crackers are crunching on empty cheese. Did you say cheese? Well, this new cheese has no flavor, tastes more like I'm chewing on paper. No more past the cheese, if you please. But I'll pass on that cheese, and I'll drink my wine with no brine. I'll drink to that until integrity is put back. I won't say cheese even when I smile. To the cheese, I will simply say, no, thank you, not now. It's such a crappy batch somehow, but my gosh, the cheese was once posh, now gosh. That's that piece. <laughs> I like anything with cheese, but that was exceptional. I used to be in a wine and cheese club, and I, I like good cheese. Just like the other man said, he was addicted to cheese. Cheese mm-hmm. has changed. It has changed. I, I tried to put everything in the poem to let people know what cheese used to be like and what it's like now. Like I said, cheese used to be pot. Now it's gosh. <laughs> yeah, I, I had Amer- like one of those American cheese slices the other day because that's all that was in the mm. fridge, and it was nasty. I remember those yeah. being good when it's I like, was a kid. You know, you'd peel them and eat them, yeah. and you'd know. This one was nasty. It tasted oh. gritty. Like a cheese sandwich? Man, you would put some butter on that toast and grill that cheese sandwich, man, or just have a party and just have good wine and cheese. And, man, we just really loved it. But now it's like, like I said in the poem, it's just too much going on with the cheese. It's like diminished. It's like plastic. It's, it's weird. What's uh, your favorite so, cheese, Mama? What my favorite cheese is now, um, mm-hmm. I, I can't even enjoy it anymore. Let me see. I wrote that poem about the cheese, and I kind of, like, don't even mess with cheese unless I find something really good, and uh, that's the hard My favorite is still blue cheese. Blue cheese or horseradish white cheddar. I'll try it. See, those are... Yes, I used to be in a club that used to send me, like, brie from from, Mm -hmm. from France and different places, so... Kind of like now, I just kind of deal with goat cheese because I don't know. It's just so much going on with the industry. It's like it's not the same. So yeah, I like artesian I cheeses. Yeah. Some cream cheese on crackers. No, <laughs> like and they not that doesn't even taste <laughs> making me anymore. hungry. All right, yeah. so, so here's my. Are you gonna read piece. two tonight? Yeah, I'm gonna read this one. Okay. Um, it doesn't have a title. But it goes like this. I came, I saw, and I made my presence known. I opened my eyes and I could see 
And I did thank the creator for creating me. I closed my eyes and I could not see. I was afraid of the dark, afraid to stumble. The outside world is full of light, not pleased with what I see, but still I must see. I closed my eyes. Inside my closed eyes were only thoughts of things remembered. New knowledge comes with new light. Can I see in the dark? It's so simple. You are not blind, says your mind, thanking the God, the creator of me, that I can see. I came, I saw, and I made my thoughts known. Deep inside, with closed eyes, I report to you the feelings that reside inside of me. The inner ear of me, where crystals spin out of control and imbalance me. I, who blurts out the truth like a child who points to the naked emperor. I came. I saw too much. I know much. I speak on what I acknowledge, and I wait to focus my God mind for the creator to manifest a message. Faith is knowing that my creator will not leave me blind in the wilderness, nor stranded in the city of hate, so no weapons shall prosper against me and mine, not even those enemies that look like me. I am able to see in both worlds, and I will not stumble, yet I will blurt out all alerts, and I am grateful, and I am pleased with my purpose, aware and ready to make the same sacrifices as those who sacrificed for me. So I go forth to conquer with a discerning spirit. Ashe? Like the conquering lion of Judah, I will slay all enemies in my way, Ashe, in peace. That was powerful, Mama. Thank you, my darling daughter, my baby, my sweetie, my love. Aww. I just want to curl up and lay my head on your shoulder and watch a TV show with you or something. Yeah. Yeah, Wouldn't it be nice so much just, just to be able to cuddle and watch a show and talk and just I, spend I, some I time with you? I, I would love to do that, but at this point right now, we probably feel guilty. we got too much playing to do. There's so much going on, <laughs> Nyla. It's just, it's, just, it's just too much going on for anybody just to get comfortable and enjoy life that much as I would to just, like, come and get me a V-box. That's, that's why it's you I would box. choose to do that with. <laughs> Because if I if yeah. I if I was able to come spend some time with you, that's exactly what I would want to do. Because I would just want to unplug the whole rest of the world and just be able to spend that time with you. And I give and rest, the rest of the world be damned. You know, you look at it, I just, the rocks and the fossils and like, Nana, what is this? What did they get you get? We gotta do this. We gotta do that. Oh, we gotta wire wrap this one. We gotta put something on that one. <laughs> that's we true. We probably that. would. I'd probably just spend the whole time trying to keep you from eating your rocks. <laughs> All right, baby. 
one day before I leave this planet, God might see fit that we do get a chance to at least embrace. So. Yep. I love you so much, Mama. Thank you for being here tonight, and I will talk with you throughout the week. (laughs) All right, we got we got dragons to play. Yes, we do. All right, I'll talk to you in a bit, Mama. All right, Mama. All right, our next caller is Bella. Bella, are you with us? Yes, Nyla. Hi. Hello, sweetheart. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm wonderful. Thank you very much for asking. And you? I am doing really good. I'm having a great night spending it here with you guys. Yes, I've been patient uh, listening to them. They have beautiful poems. It's it's nice. It's been nice. It's been a really good evening. So I'm mm-hmm. excited that you're here. What did you bring us? I love? am too. <laughs> I have a love poem. And uh, part of it is laced with uh, uh, the language which I'm comfortable with. Just a little tiny part, but um, actually it's an episode. Okay. I can read now? Yes, please. Okay. Never-ending journey, an episode. Durante, te amo apud omnibus de me. I love you with all of me. Can you still remember how I started? My trembling tone whispering notes. If I can't help falling in love with you. My lips were smiling to the dream that I had killed to deep in my skin. Each stitch made me made with strands of gold pierced my tattered soul with silver sparkle hues creating rainbow cement. Patches made for my sable edges. I held you in me long before you can understand the portrait I have painted behind my shattered trunk. You delighted my hibernating passion and brought color onto my dark water. I made you not only one of the stars above, but instead I blended you with the moonlit sky and made you outshine Orion. You helped me forget the face of demise and slowly, silently, Told me how to embrace the different shapes and orders of the snowflakes I've trailed so I can quietly adore you from afar. I met hope the day I first laid my eyes on you. I learned that my new my travel to locks of love just to anchor it simply onto your ribs, never wanting to let go, never letting go, never. And as time trailed to our fingertips, you opened your universe to me. There, naked, where I can see through even your most vulnerable veins. I loved how you made my lips speak languages only we can understand. I became the dreamer, the Asian tale who traveled back and forth from my lips to your breast. I became the only walking constellation with your name engraved on it. You are my foreign experience who molded me into a unique interpretation. Sometimes... Whole, then shattering, only to become whole again with cracks, crevices emitting light sometimes, wandering alone but never empty. You, I will always long to feel despite all buts. You are my never-ending journey, eternally carved in my palms. Te amo, until we can, until when? Who can really tell? I can only wish, I can only hope. I can only pray with all my heart, with all my might, with all 
that I am is now and better. That was phenomenal. Did we lose her? No, I'm Are you still with now. us? Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. It got, it, it got real quiet. It's like, oh, my gosh, her call dropped. That was amazing. You know, there were so many places throughout that that I just thought the way that you worded things were so eloquent and, and just like the, this, this simple, pure grace of the way that you write, you know, and the way, you. you know, you really in- captured the feeling of when there, there are people who can make the rest of the world disappear but become the world, you know, where you're, you become an entire universe balanced on the tips of their fingers, you know, and... And it's just this amazing feeling to to be to experience that. You know, Thank it's you. it's just it was a great job great job writing that piece, honey. Thank you very much. When it's about love I always um incorporate stars, moon and the universe because it's the um I think um when People try to define love. It's never ending that way. It doesn't have an ending. It it goes on and on, and that's how I. That's where my muse come from. I look at the sky and just simply write about it. <laughs> that's amazing. Are you going to read two pieces tonight? Um, I have another one ready for you, and if you will allow me to read this one, mm-hmm, please. Okay, this one. It's titled, Me Caritatem, My Love, It's a Vignette. One, under the coruscating tide of stars, neath the moon's painted halo, we shall dine, you said, in this naked splendid hall, where our shared breath will echo like storm roaring from the distant universe known only to us. Two, when we then shape, Sorry, we then shed layers of our skin, one by one, veneer by veneer. Let them fall at our feet till we present our pellucid flesh, the crystalline nakedness of our be of our being left exposed. Till we both hear our core singing. Three, where a handful of tarakstakum I will become, a wish laid into your palm, you will divinely in breathe and breathe out like unfolding showers of scented petalum and polychromos emitted in the Asapirus. Four, I will fall for you the way you will fall for me, more, in thousand and one gained momentum, like an entire constellation darting at your collegiate side. Five, then in that shed hours, Adoratio will produce its aroma, an exclusive scent tinged with the size of our respirare, and if Adorasho had a relish, it would be the taste of beauty on the cast of Corona Borealis and the warmth of our breath on my sun-kissed shoulder, mocking me, branding I, me, Karitatam. Wow. That was phenomenal. That was so beautiful. Yeah, the stumbling story about that. Um English is my first language, however, I was trained to uh, speak uh, Spanish and Latin all at the same time when I was growing up, so 
yeah, I'm more comfortable on the foreign language than my native <laughs> language. Sorry. <laughs> no, it was amazing. You know, and I think I really think that that adds something quite unique and beautiful to the way that you write. Yes, ma'am. I, yeah. I like listening to um, bilingual poems because um, they sometimes they give impact to a poem, but um, uh, it, it it's hard sometimes to understand those bilingual. But I like it. I try to. <laughs> and I think you do phenomenal. All right, Bella, Thank my you. love. Tell everyone how they can come over and get to know you better. How they can find you. Um, you can find me at Old Poetry because I started there uh, 20 years ago. Uh, but sometimes I post a poem here on Facebook, and that's about it. <laughs> awesome. All right. And we will talk to you next week, Bella? Yes, ma'am. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Awesome. Thank you for being here, sweetheart. We'll talk to you then. Thank you. Thank you, Nala. Thank you. All right, our next caller comes from area code 919. 919, you're on the air. Hey. Hey. How are you? I am doing absolutely wonderful. How are you doing? I'm doing good myself. I take the bad with the good. And I mix it up. And I I realize that that's a silly thing set. And one as one descend, another ascend, and that becomes a Ferris wheel of life. And I was just looking at a po- at a poem here that I think I should read. Awesome! And what are you going to read for us tonight, Granville? This one is called. The love of clarity. I was but a pup, about six years old, when I first laid eyes on clarity. She stood out among the rest. I noticed her. She was above it all. And I knew in my little heart that she would be my destiny. For if I am to navigate this world of awesomeness being thrown at me, I knew that she was to be mine. So unwavering is youth, so staunch my heart was set upon her embrace. So I quoted knowledge wooed wisdom and pondered understanding got them to aid me in my cause so the four of us set out to find her with heart given to task wisdom said to me i know her she is fickle and elusive and very aloof she does not engage lightly. Understanding continued. The lady is fierce and to be desired. She 
He chooses well for suitors, and they hasn't been many. You may not find what you seek, Randwell. Then I must perish in the attempt. All will be lost just the same if I don't find her. I have nothing to lose or everything to lose. I have burnt my ships. There will be no retreating. Knowledge looked at me impressed and said, Where there is a will, there is a way. We four traveled far and often over hills and gullies, hardly catching glimpse of her. Always she was next. Always she was next a fortnight. She was here a fortnight ago. Years passed, many years. I saw glimpses of her here, there, and was encouraged. I am wearing her down as she is beginning to admire me. Forever in my crosshairs, she is more visible now. I think it is beautiful of her. She wants me to see her. I feel her glances even now. Her admiration for me has grown. I notice her shapely form and supple bosom and dainty feet. My pursuit is about to bear fruit. My breath in her face, her body close to me. I shall nuzzle her neck and suckle her bosom until I am besotted with her solace. Her breast shall give me comfort. I will drink deep of her warmth and moisture. Clarity will be my lover. I have long coveted her embrace to hold me through the darkest night and whatever the morning brings, then we both shall face. Thank you. Fantastic read, Granville. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, that's, that's the first time I read it? The first time that you've read it? Yeah. Wow. I knew that okay. I hadn't heard it before. I thought it was fantastic, honey. Great yeah, job on it. Yeah, yeah that's what okay, I said. Let me give you something absolutely new tonight because you know, you know, I, I, I have a lot, I have a lot of new stuff, you know. A lot of new stuff. And okay, you see like that poem there. Mm-hmm. If if I had lost it, I wouldn't have missed it. I would have missed it. Are you going to read two tonight, Granville? I can do that. You know what? Okay. And, I, and I'm going to read two, two new ones, too. Okay. Keep it fresh. <laughs> All righty. All you, baby. Okay, okay. Uh, let me... I had one that I was... Uh, <coughs> I was thinking about reading because a couple nights ago, I, I took up this book to, to rewrite some poems. And and I found and I found this poem and it's just like wow, I could I, I couldn't even do nothing else. I just have to look at it. I don't I don't if I can find it because I don't know if I have the time and I don't want to. 
it should be in this one here. I don't want to clog up the line. If I don't find it fast, I'll just read something else. Something new, of course. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Okay, it's taking too long. I'm going to have to read something that... Oh, okay, I find it. I found it, I found it. Here it is. My life has come full circle. I am that what I thought that I should be. The distant memories, that is my youth. I am that little boy. That little boy is me. I am going closer to my ancestors. They are preparing a welcome for me. I can see them shuffle, moving to and fro. I am Granville, the son of mankind. I, I am brother to them all. We laughed. We fought, we drank, we bled. That would be us, the mankind family. We men rule over men to their own hold. Oh, justice, we are though. There is, there is a power vacuum. And all, and all men would be king. While God Himself has stepped away from man, from from arbitrating mankind. Thank you. I am so excited. Both of those were amazing. I'm really glad you shared them tonight, baby. Oh, thank you, thank you. I'm 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 going I'm to do more of that because I I have so much of them backing up. <laughs> Well, we'll take we'll take them all. All right, Granville. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome, honey. Tell everyone how to come find you. Oh yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Granville Hedrington, YouTube, Granville Hedrington, the Granville the Poetry Man, and and uh, and Facebook, Granville John Hedrington, and most other most other. Social media outlet, music, music download and 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 streaming. Granville John Hedgington, that's the primary word. Awesome. Granville. Perfect. All right, Granville, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you very much, my dear. All righty, thank you, sweetie. Bye bye. You. Bye bye. All right, so I want to let area codes. 951 and 757 know that you are not in the lineup. So 951 or 757, if you would like to come on the air, please press 1, and that will alert me that it's okay to unmute you and bring you on. Again, that's 951 and 757. If you're here just listening and hanging out, appreciate it. Just don't want you to think I'm ignoring you if you're trying to come on and you can't. Um, So if at any time you want to come on, press 1. That will let me know. All right. So I am going to 
play, there's an audio track that I've wanted to play. And now where'd it go? Where, where did it go? Actually, maybe I might close the, I might close the show with that one. There is an audio track I'm going to play for you, though, real quick, because I'm, I'm fighting with some line issues here. I, I can't get my lines to, I can't see you guys right now. So I'm going to play an audio clip, uh, clip real good, uh, real quick. <laughs> yeah, bless you. Um, it's, it's by uh, Virginia Voth. It's called When I Was 13. And let me see if I can get my lines back up to where I can see them, and I'll be right back with you. Here you go. When I was 13, I didn't believe that I was beautiful. So when people told me I was beautiful, I wanted to look them in the eyes and ask them what that meant. What is beautiful? What do you mean by that? But instead, I would smile and say thank you. Because I didn't want to come across as rude not accepting their compliment, but how do you accept a compliment you don't understand, that you don't believe? My entire life, I never felt beautiful. I was told I wasn't, and to the point that I believed that I wasn't, because of the way that I look. Not because of who I am, but because of my appearance, I was not beautiful. I looked in the mirror and thought that was all beauty could be. What you can see in the mirror is what I thought beauty was, because the world around me was telling me that that is beauty. So when I looked in the mirror and only saw things that I wish I could change, I didn't feel beautiful. I saw my acne, no gap between my thighs, my discolored teeth, beautiful. When someone would say something like, God doesn't make mistakes, I would want to raise my hand and say, well, what about me? What about me? Because I felt like a mistake. I always felt like I couldn't feel beautiful because every movie, every song that I heard told me that I couldn't without the validation of others. They would say, you don't know you're beautiful, but here I am to tell you that you are, so that means that you are, but why? Why can't I feel beautiful on my own? That was until I realized that I can. It all changed one day when I was at a library and a girl laughed out loud at the book she was reading and I thought to myself, that is beautiful. And it confused me for a moment because I wasn't talking about her appearance. I ran home and looked in the mirror and asked myself, are you beautiful? And for the first time in my life, I responded with yes. Yes, you are. I repeated it 10, 20, 30 times until I was consumed with the thought, I am beautiful. I finally didn't see my appearance. I saw the people that I love around me in a sea of support. I saw the things in the world that make me happy. I saw the little things about me that make me unique and differ me from the rest of the people in the world that I finally felt beautiful. I went on a walk that night and named something beautiful about everything around me. I could finally see beauty in everything around me, and that was everything to me. And if I could tell the me that didn't know her worth or the fact that she is beautiful anything, it would be this. Some people live their entire lives without knowing that they are beautiful. Some people die with the thought, I am not beautiful. Understand that beauty is perception. Though there is a dictionary definition of the word beauty, beauty has no real definition. Because it is redefined every day. And you, you are a definition of beautiful. Someone finds your laugh, your intelligence, your thoughts, and every little thing you don't like about yourself beautiful. And who are you to tell them they aren't? You are blinded 
by your insecurities and hid away by your fear. But please, try and know true beauty. Because when I was 13, I wish I knew how beautiful I am. Okay, wow, that was really deep. That's probably really weird for you to hear from me because I'm not really ever that deep. I get deep. Okay, forgot the commentary at the end there. So we're going to let her finish with her poem. All right, I'm going to, I have, I'm having some serious issues here with the lines. I was going to try to bring Mama back on real quick, but I can see the name. I just can't see the buttons. Um, I'm going to try to unmute 419. I see Hello? that. That's it. Hi. 419, are you with Can me? You... Hey, Mala. <laughs> hey, sweetheart. How are you doing? I'm saying you're fighting Very with the good. boards right now, and you're, you're literally the only number that has any buttons next to it. You must have just called in. I did. I just called in. Okay. How are you doing, sweetheart? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. I'm really glad to hear from you. What do you have for us tonight? Well, I'm going to do... Uh, <clears throat> it's what I've done before. It's called In America. Um, I'm kind of bombed out by, you know, all of the, uh, the killings of black men that are going on. Uh, you know, the kid in Minnesota and the kid in Chicago. So this is this is a, a poem I've read it before, but uh, it's, it's just where my head is right now. It's called In America. Okay. So beautiful. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. All right. In America. Oh, beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain. Anthony Baez, Amadou Diallo, Sean Bell. The purple mountain majesties above the fruited plain. Amos Smith, Stephen Washington, Akai Gurley. America. America. God shed his grace on thee, Alan Bluford, remain Brisbane, and crowned thy good with brotherhood, John Crawford, Tamir Rice, Michael Brown, from sea to shining sea. I can't breathe, Eric Garner said, while a New York cop was choking him dead. I can't breathe, I can't breathe, and then no sound, his lifeless body there on the ground. And from the grand jury, no justice found. Fear of retribution. And the institution called justice, it fails. They tip the scales and took the blindfold off. I scoff at their contention that all men are created equal. Did I mention that we live in a sequel to slavery, where the bravery is land of the free and home of the brave is blasphemy. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. In America, one nation under God, they enslaved black people while calling themselves land of the free and the home of the brave. They stole the land of all those native to this country. Their acts of bravery included raiding their villages, burning their homes, killing women and children, ravaging everything they owned and calling them savage. In America, they created concentration camps for Japanese Americans. They said for their own 
protection while stealing everything of value that they they, they possessed, calling it with liberty and justice for all. They have a document that they call the Equal Rights Amendment, yet they amend those rights based on the color of your skin and the religion that you choose to follow, your gender and your orientation. The new plantation are Angola and all of the private prisons of slave labor. In America, they call prison. In America, I hold these untruths to be self-evident. Their contention that all men are created equal is like a prison with, with no reflection. It does not respond to light, like your judicial system, like the systemic persecution of segments of your population based on race, creed, color, gender, religion, sexual orientation, and ideology. And within this chronology, Ezel Ford, Victor White, Miriam Carey, in America, Kimani Gray, Eric Harris, Walter Scott, Cops Kill Black People, Sandra Bland, and Paul. Sorry, can you hear me? I can now. Okay, sorry, we're having some we're having some issues here. Um, I love that piece. There's not absolutely not one line of untruth in it, Melvin. It's it's absolutely amazing, and you know I I absolutely love it. I always tell people that it is up to us as poets to write our own truth, to write our own history. Um, otherwise, you know, if you leave history to be written by those who have something to benefit or gain or hide in its writing, you know, that's what's going to get taught to the future. But the, the truth lies in the word of the common man, which is in yes. our poems. You know, and, and yes. I sit there and I laugh at these people. They're so, you know, they sit there and say, um, you know, when they talk about World War II and the mass graves and all the mass killings and all that, and it's like, we would never do that. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. You know, I have yes. photographs where you could literally lay them on top of each other, showing the mass graves of us bearing Native Americans way before World War II. Yes. You know, we are not blameless. We are not faultless. We are not perfect. You know, but those things don't get taught. How many times in school did you ever see a picture of of our military leaders standing over mass graves of Native Americans. We didn't see that stuff. That wasn't taught to us. You know when we found that stuff out? It's when we got old enough to use the Internet. Right. And, you know, you know, you know, almost everything that I know about black history, I, you know, I, I, I taught myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't learn it at school, you know. Now, when, I got, when I got old enough to where I became interested and, 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 and developed a thirst for that, for that knowledge, I started reading books and, and doing research and, you know, and, and took, took classes, you know, uh, that, that, you know, that were relative to black history and, uh, and stuff like that. And I learned, I, you know, I taught myself. I didn't learn it in school. A lot of it you lived. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of it I lived. What year did you graduate high school? Do you mind me asking, Melvin? No, I don't mind. I graduated in 1957. Yeah, so think about everything that was going on in the late 50s. Yeah, I know. That's that's when I, you know, uh, a month out of, out of high school, uh, I joined the Air Force. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was, I went through basic training in 
you know, in San Antonio. And then I, I was uh, selected for a special school um, to copy International Morse Code. And that school was in Mississippi, Biloxi, Mississippi. And that's where I was sent. And those, the seven months that I spent down there, even now at 81, I can say that those were the worst seven months of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, the worst. It, Your it, words are really I, powerful. The things that you write are really powerful. The things that you have recorded are so important. You know, here in a couple generations, there's not going to be anybody left that, you know, lived that era. You know, and, and it's I, important and, for us to record it. Yeah, and that, that's, you know, you, you know, the point you made, I, you know, I, that's my belief, too, that you know, the truth lies in poetry. If you want to know the truth about just about everything that's happened in the world, you can find it in poetry. You can. You know. It's where we hide things in plain sight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that, the, we started with, it's a big conversation, but we started with bards. I mean, that, that's where poets started. You know, they just sang uh-huh. and did things to make it entertaining so they could get their supper. But news traveled. By word of mouth, by the spoken word, town to town. You want to yeah. control everything? Stop the word of mouth. Stop the bards. That was one of the first things they would do when they were conquering something, is they would inject their own speakers into the circuit. They would, you know, they would start controlling the narrative. You control yeah. that. You control everything. You know, yeah. we can't let them have that control. So your writing is so important. I love you and respect you and admire you so much. You are just absolutely my honey bunny. I appreciate you, Melvin. You're welcome. You too. Thank you. My honey bunny. (laughs) (laughs) You're my honey bunny, Melvin. (laughs) (laughs) All right, sweetheart. Tell everyone how to find you, honey. Uh, You can find me um, on uh, um, Facebook, um, YouTube, and all poetry under Melvin D. Johnson. Perfect. All right, sweetheart. We'll talk to you next week. Yes. Awesome. All right, baby. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. All right. So I am going to close the show tonight with something that Karen DeWitt sent me. And I thought it was, when I got it, I thought it was a, a poem, but then it, turned out to be so much more so it's it's just kind of like a conversation she recorded she recorded a conversation to me and it's got her reading some poems in there and some commentaries it'd be like you know just being able to sit down and chat with her and i thought it would be really nice to be able to play play this and share this with you um on the show to close tonight and get to hear her read She's not been feeling real well and uh, has been kind of sick, so you guys should jump over Karen DeWitt, jump over there and show her some love, give her some good well wishes. Um, I think she actually went into the hospital last night, so my prayers and to all the gods that I know are going out to her. But we love her dearly, so I'm going to play this clip that she sent me. She said that, you know, maybe you can play this on Thursday, so I know that it's okay that I do this. But I think you'll have fun listening to her. I want to thank everyone for being here tonight. It was absolutely an amazing evening. Keep writing. We'll see you next week. Good night, everybody. 
Hi, Nyla. This is Karen from Kingsbury, New York. Um, a hamlet of Glen Falls, New York. It's more country-ish. You know, sometimes when you say New York, they think you're coming from the city, and this is not the city. This is mountain country, four-wheelers, hunting, whatnot. Um, I want to start off with a piece first, so I can breathe properly. I've been sick for a long time. Seems to be getting worse rather than better. So you got to start off good, right? Right. Do you think of me? The shining sea? The trees that flutter and brush the sides of your cheeks rosy? Are you the water that moves over my body? That does not flourish, wither, and die. But feed me. Feed me to my feet. These bones, these bones are my bones. They're my skeletal features. I am me. Can you not see? Is there good and bad in everything? Is that the equation of life? Is that what we're supposed to see? Have you not heard that we are the offspring of our forefathers? That some part of us mimics what they did back then. The labor of love. L-O-V-E. Some people sit here all day long and they try to criticize every word that we know, that we were taught. The ways, the legends, the tales, the scrolls. They try to dissect it. They'll spin the words around. Like live, L-I-V-E. They switch it around to evil, E-V-I-L. What are you doing, people? Well, you sit in your high back chairs in some steeple and swing those hips to and from with the wind because you're feeling so freaking good. And then you got the table right there in front of you. Knock, knock. Yeah, hello. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear foe. I want you to get the beat. I want you to fill your soul with love. I want you to bury everything out. In a six by four grave, cover it with a tomb of grass. I want you to feel, taste, touch, hear. I know. Just don't want you to be of the five senses because there is more than five senses. And I bet you every one of you can tell me more than five senses. And clearly in your writing and in your music you can define them. You can make people feel as you feel. For without feeling you are nothing. 
you are nothing. Okay, now that wasn't meant to tick people off. It was meant to provoke people. And I hope it did. I hope that it made you so friggin' mad that you're going to say, you know, if you care and let me show you what I can do. And I want you to do that. And I want you to put it on Nyla's page so I can read it. I started off at MySpace under my real name, Kieran Stahl. Sometimes I was shadow writer or ghost writer. Um, in 2010, I got this epiphany to begin my own magazine because I saw that a lot of people weren't getting noticed in their crafts and artistries. And I thought I could be one of many to, to help people be seen and heard. The first year the magazine came out, it was awesome. I got so much response from it. The next two years were awesome. 2012, I had a stroke, which kind of put me back some. I had to step away from everything. I had to relearn everything, how to walk and everything. Um, I have a lot of work out there. Not all of it's under my name. There's pen names and stuff. But because I write so much, I had to put it somewhere. I just couldn't, you know, put it on paper and put it in a, in a case and put it away until it collected dust. I had to put it somewhere. So what I did is I uh, took all the royalties and my five top sellers, I keep those royalties. Um, and was able to retire some time ago off of those and everything else I give to uh, projects and organizations that aid in the youth or help the American people or people of the world period and um, I can say that there's no such thing as writer's block I've heard that a lot and I will argue with you if you bring it up to me, I'm sorry, but there is no writer's block because there is inspiration in everything. There is inspiration in everything. But I think, you know, when people say writer's block, they mean that, you know, they had to step away. They had family matters. They had kids matters. You know, they were sick. So they say, oh, I got writer's block. But no, please don't do that no more. Like, I've been sick for a long time. And up to the time that I couldn't, could not physically sit in front of my laptop and actually write, does not mean that I have lost it. Does not mean I have writer's block. Just means I can't do it right now. And I don't know if I'll ever be able to return to it. But in the meantime, I read people's work. And Nyla, I mean, I think I hit every single prompt she had on her page because I had nothing to do that day. And I don't pre-write anything. Everything is off the cuff, so 
when you see me, it's out, it's poop flows out. Like my spigot to my soul has been broken. You can't waste water. You can't waste ink. So you got to let it flow, you know? Um, I also wanted to address a thing that I found um, since 2007. So, you know, people will write and they'll say, please be nice with your comments. I, and when I see that, I just keep scrolling. There's no sense of reading it. There's no sense of coming up with a conclusion by gone, whether, you know, now or then. Because they're going to delete your ass. I have been deleted off a of friends list, off of this, that, and the other. And then they turn around months and years later and they want to re-add me. And I won't re-add you. I'm sorry. Um, I think if you write something, you should be able to take the bad critique along with a good critique and learn from it. And, um, better aid in your transition of your craft and your artistry. Um, and I don't think anybody should be intimidated by anyone else's work, because we all write differently. Another thing is also, when you when you read something, if somebody has the same critique and reply as another person, they haven't read that piece. Basically, what they're doing is they're opening up comments, especially if it's a long piece. They're opening up the comments. They might read, like, the first paragraph and then go to see more and see it's really long. They're opening up the comment section, and they'll take, like, the midway comment, and then they'll write off of it. Beautifully pinned. Awesome. Love it. If you have the same critique, comment is somebody else, and you haven't read the piece. Yeah, that's right. I'm telling you who have not read that piece. And what I've tried to do is um, shake it up a little bit. And by that, I mean um, be diverse in my writing. Now, I can write, I said Mr. is written first person African-American but it's me I'm white and I remember going to a meeting one time it was out of state and when I walked into that room I was the only white person there and let me tell you I got the looks I got the eyes I got the holy shit who's she and then you know what <laughs> what was really bad too is I was also the first one that was called on the stage so that was like, I was the icebreaker for everybody. I'm assuming that's what they tried to do. So I got up there and I'm like, you know, started talking, started answering questions and cracked a little bit of joke here and there, you know, to try to get people to ease up on me. And after that, I was, I was a smooth sailing for me. I was good to go. Um, I think there's a lot of people too writers and singers alike they have stage, stage fright at the beginning so I would suggest for writers that you start off with cloud or uh, reverbation because you're you're talking and speaking from your own home the comforts of your own home 
and to you get you know, and once you get on stage and you start speaking that piece, the 